0: Hello and welcome to the Pop Culture Pausecast. I am Mike, and today I've got, as always, Bill with me today. And we're here to talk about some games. Now, we all know that opinions are like arseholes. Uh, the only ones that people like the smell of is their own. So- Mike, I haven't even
1: said hello to you yet, and you already talked about arseholes. Let me say hello first. Jesus, what's going on? Hello, everybody. Yes, Mike's talking about his arsehole. Please continue, Mike. Tell us about yes, your ass. Tell, tell us about your ass.
0: like arseholes. Everyone's farts smell, but people only seem to like the smell of their own farts. So...
1: I've never understood that. Is that true? Because I don't like the smell of my... I don't go... You know, I don't wish there was a Febreze that smelled like my ass or something, you know what I'm saying?
0: It's the most tolerable.
1: What? Your own farts? Okay, so that that saying means that if you had to smell a fart, you'd rather smell your own. Is that what that saying means?
0: Yeah, pretty
1: much. Okay, I gotcha. Right. I've missed that for so many years.
0: So, unpopular gaming opinions. Why don't you, Bill, tell us an opinion that everyone will probably disagree with? What What would that be?
1: Shall we just get the easy big one out of the way right now? Just so, yeah, so I don't, I don't have it in the in the forefront of my mind. Right. Um, you're right. Kojima can't make games. He's rubbish. He's never made a good game in his life. He's 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 just he's he's a glorified movie wannabe, and he doesn't even know what gameplay is all about. There you go. That's, that's right, no well, need to argue well, about it. It's all done. N-
0: well, the thing is, right. Okay,
1: Bill. Right. Where are we going? Are
0: you I'm going to tell you why you're not wrong in some aspects.
1: Okay. That's kind no, of underhanded. There's
0: a series, alright, has more cutscenes than it does gameplay. Yes. Which, which, I'm not going to deny. There is you can't
1: of- deny it! I just went around a roundabout way of saying that you're right, Bill, basically.
0: Not really. Well, that's if what
1: you he... just said. You just literally went round in a circle just to come back to the beginning and say, you know what, Bill, you're right. Kojima can't make a game.
0: Look, he can't... Okay, this is the best... He can make a game if he's got someone talking him down, all right? If he's, if he's like... If he's basically on his own and they go, Kojima, make whatever game you want, then, yeah, it's probably going to be a disaster. But when he's got, like, people actually reining him in and saying, no, that's silly, don't do that, then he can actually make a competent game. Like, when has that ever happened? <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid 1, <laughs> Metal Gear
1: Solid 3. <laughs> you almost said 2 and then had to stop yourself.
0: Well, two, 2 has a really good start and a really good end, and the middle-in bit is just kind of...
1: Where they left Kojima to sort of do his own game, like a baby that's been left to play with an electric plug. That's that's basically what happened with two.
0: Well, the thing is, as as a as a, a, a somewhat theory of basically like there's a head writer of Metal Gear Solids one, two, and three that mysteriously disappeared, <laughs> and the fourth one is where like the the writing sort of really took a nosedive and went kind of was just eating as like a snake eating its own tail, and um but some people theorize whether he's like the driving force behind the first three games or whether he's just like he just did a little bit of optional dialogue
1: i reckon right i reckon kojima sits in his office getting paid millions for what he does right and every so often you hear this kind of door creak and everyone sort of goes oh no he's about and that's when he comes in and starts tampering with things and all the bits that everybody's kind of like, yeah, that's rubbish. That doesn't work, or that went off the rails. I'll just ignore that. That's Kojima's influence. I don't think he actually does anything. The good stuff is when he leaves his team alone. I that that's what I truly believe. I'd and...
0: argue. I'd argue, but he come. That's just completely insane and then he kind of leaves the team to try and scramble it together
1: maybe maybe that's closer to the truth but i mean it's not just metal gear look at the other stuff he's made you've got um zone of enders have you played zone of enders mike
0: i i haven't no
1: it's if it was just a mech game it would be all right okay but every level is the same and the, and the story loan is nonsensical, and it's just, it's the kind of stuff that a five-year-old would come up with if they had Transformers and they're playing on the floor of their um, of their room. And this guy has been given unlimited, unprecedented allowance to make their own game, and and do whatever they want. And with that power, he's decided to go, I'm going to do what I do with Transformers! Why is this person so celebrated? Why does people like him so much? I don't understand. He literally, he literally just goes and vomits over your console, and then goes, "You're welcome." That's distinguished, and everyone goes, "Oh yes, very good, very good, yes." Why? I don't get it. Well, he's
0: like, he's like um, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, who's the guy behind Kingdom Hearts, and like. Oh my
1: God! There's another one. Oh. He's like, he's like one who
0: the thing is. Both of them have a similar problem where if there's, a, if there's a plot point unresolved, even if it's better if they just left, let, let it lie, left it alone, they have to explain it with another spin-off game. Or... Okay, go ahead. Now, the next unpopular opinion um, might rattle a few cages, but, you know, it's my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm not really too fussed. Now, calling all PC gamers.
1: Oh, dear.
0: Shut up! Shut Shut up! up. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about. Ooh! My five grand PC is better than your. Three hundred pound games console. Wow, really? <laughs> that's insane! Oh I can I can play Fortnite at five hundred and fifty two frames per second. Wow, because that's so much more impressive than just going at sixty. Nobody cares. Nobody know ner- like and go oh oh you can't can't play properly if you don't play with a mouse and keyboard. Look, there's only one type of game that you can that's better with a mouse and keyboard and that's first person shooters. Everything else is naff. Stop pretending like you're some sort of elite person because instead of buying yourself a house, you decide to buy five grand PC. <laughs> you're not more impressive than me. You're just more bankrupt. <laughs> you're more <laughs> bankrupt?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, do, I do echo this. My, my biggest concern is that if you love PC gaming, fine. I've got many friends that do... And I always tell I always joke at their expense as well because by the time I've put in a disc and started playing a game, they're they're still installing it. Although nowadays it's not really that different because it takes a long time to install console games. But my biggest concern or biggest biggest gripe with this is that when someone goes and says, What's your favourite console? You know, what's your what's your favourite uh, period of gaming? PC gamers just think it's like I don't know, toffee-nosed or big of them just to step into the conversation and go, the PC is always the best because it's every console in one. I don't care! That's not what I'm saying! And and not to mention the fact that, yes, PC can do everything if you really wanted it to. That's the point of a PC. But that's not the conversation we're having. We're not saying that, yes, you just get the PC out and throw all your other consoles away. There's a, there's a reason that people still have this conversation. You know, consoles still matter, and I still like controllers, all right? I can play more different variations, and and playing on a PC, by the time I've sorted out what key does what, and making sure my USB um, controller connects correctly and everything else, I'm still doing settings. And let's be honest, Mike, right? Let's be honest. If you're a PC gamer who plays everything... You spend more time setting up the game and worrying about the frames per second and the graphics than you actually do finishing games, do you? I'm just chucking yeah. it out there. I'm just chucking it out there. That's
0: very true. Plus, in your in your um, you know, lovely five hundred pound game chair, it's not going to be near nowhere near as comfortable as sitting on the sofa with your with your junk hanging out, holding a <laughs> controller. It's just not. It's just it's different vibes, you know. <laughs> different vibes it's a lot more relaxed i feel like when i'm like when i'm playing a game on the pc it feels i I feel a lot less relaxed and more like i'm i'm zoned in i'm like locked in sort of thing yeah i mean we've
1: all grown up now mike you know when you, you you just mentioned something key there you've grown up you've got a living room where you can play video games in we're not still in our parents house in our little bedrooms Like, you keep acting like you are in front of your desk playing your PC games. You don't need to do that anymore! Well, you might have your own place. I don't know. Maybe you are still in your parents' basement. I'm just saying that there's more room than just your bedroom. And recreating your bedroom in your own house is not cool. Okay? Grow up.
0: (laughs) So, what. What, uh. Maybe we should have
1: have said we're gonna lose all of our viewers or or listeners by the time we finish this episode.
0: Go on then, bill give us another opinion all
1: right what else have we got in here open world games then are oh. oh, not dude, oh man
0: this one down
1: then they're not great are they let's face it open world games what a waste of time do you know what the funny do you know what's better than open world games options menus and title screens i don't need to walk aimlessly in a direction to get from one level to the other i would much rather just have an option where i go to a level select or, or maybe a loading screen that just gets rid of all that complete and utter nonsense in between action scenes. Oh, it's more immersive. Oh, it's better because you're actually part of the world. No, I'm bored, and I don't want to go through this lifeless, unnecessary walk simulator just to make them think I'm immersed in a world that is dull. Forget well, about it.
0: The, the thing is, you can put you can put like like say for example. Uncharted. Let's take a game like Uncharted, a linear one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look at a, look at an action set piece in Uncharted. Like um I don't know when you're hanging off a plane, mm-hmm. right? That's really cool. Yeah. Now you, that's that's cool, but you wouldn't be able to do it in an open world game because there's too many variables. You wouldn't be able to have that level of excitement in an open world game because you've got a lot more things to worry about. And not just that, but if you do have an open world game, you're also limited by the amount of the difference in environments that you can have you can't just you you have to kind of have like it like even with Breath of the Wild you're limited to like the, the bit where there's grass the bit where there's lava <laughs> the bit where there's water and like the bit where there's desert and those are your options and and they you have these massive open worlds and all they can do is just put stuff in like I'll tell you what I've played. I've I put so many hours into games like The Messenger. I've been playing Doom recently and stuff like that, and I've been having a great time. I, a hundred percented Horizon Zero Dawn. I did everything. Got every collectible. Did everything. It. W- I was like, that was a game. I finished it. Don't remember a single thing about it. Don't remember a name of a character. <laughs> Don't remember a, an NPC. Don't. And I could say the same about Far Cry creed uh, all these open world games The and the fact that they're doing it with sonic now frustrates me because the next logical step in gaming isn't take it open world it's kind of like when we talked about in the last podcast episode where we talked about from 2d to 3d it's almost like how games back in the day went we're 2d now let's go 3d yeah the trend now is oh let's go open world oh halo halo infinite let's go open world. Oh, Sonic, let's go open world. That shouldn't be the next logical step to make your game. You're trying to take your game out of its niche and put it into something else where it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I know what you're saying and I totally agree. It's just... There are if if you do manage to achieve those things. Let's sort of talk about those uncharted set pieces you mentioned, right? If you do manage to do that in an open world game, no one's talking about how you got from set piece to set piece. They're just talking about the set pieces are there. So cut out the crap and let's just get to the set pieces straight away and make it linear. There's no there's no wrong with a linear game. It's no nobody. And here's my other problem with 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 open world games. You, you, you touched on it briefly there where you're sort of going from grass to, 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 to desert to lava or whatever, right? Yeah. Again, the bits that you can mention and go, oh, this is the lava area or oh, this is the grass area. They're the interesting ones. How you transition between those two worlds in an open world map between getting to the grass area to the lava area where it slightly gets less and less until it turns into a rocky crag. That's not the bit that people celebrate. You don't go, oh, this bit's interesting where it's suddenly gone from lush grass to some sort of dirt track with a couple of rocks here and there. And God, this place is awful to look at because you're transitioning from one world to the next. But ultimately... The problem I really have with open-world games is you look crap, right? You've you spent so much time on every little rock and every little tree that people are never going to look at or see or discover just because you needed the world to actually be cohesive. That your characters look rubbish, the world is boring, the the, the missions and the gameplay is mediocre because you're restricted. It's not the evolution of gaming, it's a step back, and as soon as people realise that open-world games restrict you more than they open it up, I will be much happier in the world of gaming.
0: Uh, To be honest, Bill, I don't think you've lived until you've climbed to the top of the tower to reveal more of your map.
1: Oh, God.
0: That's that's a big level design right
1: there. They, d- they just need to be more inventive, don't they? I mean, if you're going to do open world, don't just do it because you it's the trend. Do it because you have a vision, and do it because you have a gameplay idea in mind. It was good when, it was when Assassin's Creed first did it, or rather the sequel, maybe. We were all impressed. But after the 20th Assassin's Creed game, now we're all a bit sick, you know? <laughs> Give That's it...
0: Like, I watched an incredible video on Red Dead Redemption 2. Right. And it was talking about how the, um, basically, the level design was at odds with the story. Yeah. So, how the story was like this tightly knit, um, really well crafted, interesting story. But in when you're in the missions, you can't, you, you're restricted to what you can do. So, the, when you're in the story, you can't just make choices. You can't just do random things here and there. You're locked in to a set, linear storyline. Like, say, for example, an Uncharted. But then you've also got when you're not in a story mission, you've got these big open worlds where you're 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 trying to nurse your horse back to health because it tripped over a pebble. Oh um, god, yeah. <laughs> and then... it's like, it's like I just Red Dead Two was a game that was so so it was really conflicted with me as a, as a person because when I was playing the story mode, I was like, Oh my God, this is so well written. But when I was from place to place or when I was just doing hunting and stuff, was it immersive? Sure. But was it fun going, Oh, my horse has got dirt on it. Scrub it with a oh. brush. Oh, my, my, um, I skinned a deer and now it's got fleas. So I've got a chuck Now it's got flies, you know, roaming around. So I've got to chuck it because it's, it's gone off now. That's not fun. <laughs> that like immersion. This is this wasn't something I tended, I wanted to bring up, but I guess I'm bringing it up. Making a game more immersive in the sense of like realism. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. Oh, if you leave your meat out for too long, it's spoiled. Now. Oh, if you do this, it's you know it's not fun. Realism isn't fun. If I wanted realism, I don't care about realism. Don't care about realistic gameplay. I want a game that is fun. When I play Doom Eternal and I think it's one of the best first-person shooters ever, I don't look at oh, I hope the real re- like reloads in a realistic way. I don't care. I just want to rip the head off the demon.
1: Well, it's, it's like when you're over-encumbered in those games and you get sl- you slow down and stuff like that. That's not a, that's not fun, and it's like that's also not realistic. It's like I can carry about 50 different shotguns and rifles, but for whatever reason, I pick up this two, two pound coin off the floor and now I'm over encumbered and I can barely walk. Let me put that two pound coin down. Oh, I can run marathons. Oh God, I, I, I hate it. 50
0: swords, but 51. Is no, that's many. too
1: many. That's too many. Even though you can't see them all on me. But yeah, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole purpose of like open world games and, and I, it gets to its worst point when you get a racing game in open world um burnout paradise need for speed when you the whole point of your game is to win races win money customize your car whatever do you really need to drive around a massive city that's got nothing in it just so you can drive your car aimlessly or can i not just click an event and go straight there you know surely that's the better gameplay mechanic at the end of the
0: day. You really day. want to go in a race and then get T-boned by a random person on their way to their workplace. Uh, <laughs> just, just,
1: to... Yeah, open world games, I hate them. I Move on, Mike, I'm getting angry. Choose something right. else.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of, of things that are hated um, by specifically me, uh, Pokemon has never been good. <laughs> and it's <not> good now <laughs> Do you know what? I
1: purposely didn't put Pokemon on the list because I knew it would trigger you. You've clearly got things you still haven't got off your chest about this franchise if you're bringing it up in this episode. Go on then, Mike. This is it. it. You can't say anything else about Pokemon after today. That's it.
0: All right. So, Pokemon (laughs) Red and Blue came out and everyone's like, oh, wow, Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah, well, that was back in the day. Now, it's slow. Um, It's broken. You basically just get a psychic type and you've won the game. Doesn't even have to be a good one. Um, the fact that there's two different versions is anti-consumer because why would I? Why should there be two different versions of the same game? That's stupid. No other franchise does that, and Pokemon get away with it. And this is the worst fight thing about Pokemon, right? Not they—they they get away with it. They do all these sad things. Trade evolutions are dumb. Trade evolutions are dumb. Why should I have to trade with a friend? Why can't I just get fill the pokedex? Why can't I just catch them all? if I haven't got any friends. Yeah, that sounds like a problem for me because I haven't got any friends, but it shouldn't be a problem because what about people who don't have friends? And then you've got stuff like event Pokemon. Oh, you can get this one specific Pokemon, this one specific event. Oh, the event's ended. Sorry. Well, what if, what if I couldn't afford your brand new game and I had to buy it a couple of years later because, you know, I had rent to pay and, and electricity to pay for and stuff. But why would <laughs> I mean by not being able to catch the... How could you more money than any other company in the entire world make games that are buggy that are graphically just awful, that do bare minimum and just have repetitive gameplay loops and they have, they keep adding new Pokemon and nobody cares about them everyone's going, oh look, new Pokemon have been announced, oh wow you've got Donald Duck and you've got a grass cat, wow amazing, (laughs) phenomenal 10 out of 10, and the thing is That's it. We all decided that Pokemon's boring, it's tiresome, it's, you know, we should all just put our hands down and and give up on the franchise. It'll still sell like 10 million copies. (laughs) And all these Pokemon fans, no matter how much they decide to bitch and moan, they'll buy both versions anyway. Why are we still at the point where you have to buy two versions of the same game? Bloody Legends Arceus came out, right? And it was Legends Arceus. It wasn't Legends Arceus and and Legends Bidoof. Nobody cares. (laughs) Make one game. take, Take five years off from Pokemon, Pokemon Company. Don't make a game for five years, all right? We'll make a game for five, but take five years working on a game. Get all the feedback. Try and make the best game you can and put some actual effort into it and release one game, not two different versions of the same game, one singular game with a post game that's not locked behind DLC. And then maybe you'll actually be loved by people. But at the end of the day, what I say is completely redundant because I could say bad things about Pokemon till I'm blue in the mouth, but you're going to buy it anyway, aren't you? You sad, sad, sad people.
1: Are you right? Are you right, Mike?
0: I'm not right. Mike. Are you
1: not right? Do you need a moment? Shall we pause the podcast and give you a moment? Let's give you a
0: yeah, moment. Can I, can,
1: I get a, can I get some tissues? Yeah, let's give you some tissues, yeah. leave you some. Look, I I, I I, get it. Um, I don't mind so much that there's two games because I've never been driven to buy the other one. Plus, to be honest with you, I had more fun with Pokemon when I had an action replay than I ever did doing things legitimately. Um, yes. So you can play Pokemon if you haven't got friends, Mike. You just need an action replay. And then you just need to cheat and chuck chuck all your Pokemon. So you, the, the best way, which is exactly what you're asking for, is to get a Pokemon game, get an action replay, slot it in, and basically you can. There's a code in there that makes you choose any starter Pokemon you want, rather than just the same three recycled types over and over again, and. There's an ability that when you go into the wild, you can find all in the one I played. You could find all the silver or gold ones within the grass. Yeah. Why do I need to go through all this trouble to make the game that you should be making from the start? That's the bit I don't understand. And don't, don't, the whole Pokemon bubble burst for me when someone explained to me EVs and IVs. Have you heard about this? No. Right. Let me, let me burst your bubble as well, Mike, because it's unfair that I've had to deal with it and you haven't, right? And this, this goes to all you, you, you listeners as well. So, you get a Pokemon, okay? My personal favourite is a Sandslash, alright? You level them up, you get them to level 100, you put all this effort into them, yeah? Little do you know, there's a little thing behind the scenes that you can't see, a stat that you didn't even know existed called EVs and IVs. So when you capture a Pokemon, there's a random number generator that makes that gives them their base stats in the background of how much they will level up. And you don't truly know, because you can't see these hidden numbers, what the actual stats of this Sandslash is going to have by the time you get to a level 100. And when you do, then you can sort of work it out with maths. There was a guy that came in and got this chart and he sort of said, if you get your Pokemon up there, Oh yo, your IVs are rubbish, you need to get a new, new Sandslash and train it over again. That's my Sandslash! I don't want to throw him away because he's got crap stats. He's supposed to be a sand slash. They're both supposed to be the same. Oh, no. They've got unique properties that you can't see that makes them unique to every other Sandslash that's out there. Sounds cool on, on paper until you work out the maths. And when you play your mate and your mate has worked out he's, he's spent thousands of hours leveling up his entire team to make sure they got the best IVs and EVs and breeding stats and stuff. And it doesn't even matter if you've got the advantage. Because if you're a fire type and you use... Or rather, uh, you're an electric type and he's got water type. You hit him with Thunderbolt. Oh no, his ivies are too strong. So he actually survives and kills you back. It's just... just, What is this? Why do I have to look at secret charts and maths equations and stuff to make sure I've got a strong team? Have I not put enough time into it to be able to get it? It's just... It, it, it's supposed to be amazing but people have broken it it's your fans you're the problem you you've just destroyed my pokemon unpure you're all criminals stop buying
0: it and and let them actually put effort into a game don't board. do it we don't need any more pokemon just make the game
1: that's good don't don't keep well, adding them
0: the, the the violet and whatever it's called violet and scarlet or whatever comes out in a in a what in, in in the span of one year there's three Big games
1: released. Do you know why There's I think the- this is happening? I think this is happening because they can't tell whether Pokemon fans want the same crap every every time or they want something different. So they released, um, what was it? Was it Sword and Shield before Arceus? Yeah. Right? That was kind of mediocre. So, and then they released Arceus, but because they were too scared that if they break the formula, that... Um, Pokemon fans might run for the hills. They immediately come out with this new Pokemon game that they've been working on. That's the same as what you've always expected. You just brought this take, on yourself.
0: Just take a couple years off. But anyway, let's move. Let's move on before I. I, I
1: it's my turn in it. Uh,
0: um, yeah. I've uh, got
1: one uh, close to home for you, right? Oh, here we go. Playtime and gamer score mean jack. Okay, just because your gamer score or trophies are through the roof and you got 50 platinums or you you've decided to play an RPG and you put 800 million hours into it does not make you a better gamer than me. Okay? It is not a fair way to be able to score whether you're better than someone else or you have more knowledge than someone else or you've played more than someone else. Let me tell you, I've played over 1,400 games in my lifetime, and I know more about video games than any of your 14 million achievements has given you. Because I've not spent endless times climbing mountains just because I can get that little blip come up at the bottom of my screen and say, well done, you've climbed the tallest mountain in the whole game. Bravo! Good for you! Or, you've played 10,000 million games online with a character you don't even like, just so you can get an achievement to pop. Or you've maxed out everything on the RPG that you absolutely loathe with all the swords and all the shields and everything else, just so you can say, I got 100%. Guess what? I played 20 RPGs in the time that you've done that one, and I feel a lot better about myself. I don't look in the mirror and suddenly go, oh, what have I done with my life? I... I enjoy video games, and when the fun stops, I stop. You have the equivalent of a gambling problem. Sort it out.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest, Bill, I like looking in the mirror and being disgraced by what I see, because I have <laughs> lots of platinum trophies, and... You're the problem, Mike! <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, it's... It, this is this is one one thing I'll say to sort of... I, I, I understand... The, you're talking more about the tedious trophies, but why? What I, I think—that's
1: all right, mate. The, take a moment, take my mo- think it over, because I know this is a hard one for you to talk about.
0: Th- i will tell you what makes a good platinum trophy, and I'll—and I'll try and—and and by doing that, I'll try and illustrate why I like it. All right.
1: Right. Okay. Defend so yourself. What
0: makes a good platinum trophy is trophies that are related to either Easter eggs. Um, like references, things you didn't know or a trophy to say play the game on, beat the game on the hardest difficulty or to speed run the game or kind of the ones that are used as an incentive not to do something tedious like in San Andreas where you got to just get caught by the cops like 50 times which is harder than it sounds because usually you just get gunned down if you get approached by the cops but it's more so like it, it's, it's more so as an incentive to try and push you in either either teach you about things you didn't know about or push you to go that one step further but of course there are those absolutely ridiculous stupid why the hell would you do them trophies. Why? But I do. Why? But because because it says that I've got a platinum trophy. Oh! That means that oh platinum, God. I've, that means that I've 100%ed that game and I've done everything. So you, don't cool it, you don't need it, Mike.
1: You don't need that kind of, like, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? That, that kind of, you just need to know you've done it. You just need to know you've had a good time. You don't need the game to accept that you're a gamer. Because it's what it does. These people, they sit, right? They make the game and then afterwards they go, I wonder what I can do to make my, Mike's life difficult when I relieve trophies. You know.
0: Oh I one one thing I do hate, this is a, a pet peeve related to trophies, is those people who do just play like pick a game for like five quid on the on the store. Exactly. Just to like get a platinum trophy within an hour. Yeah. And it's like like if you look at the mo if you look at the best best uh person who collects trophy in the entire world, it's literally like they've got the platinum trophy for that game in like five different regions. And that game took them about an hour to beat, so they've spent five hours and got like five different platinum trophies. And that—that's the point where I'm like, come on, like at least at least my platinums involve like games like Sekiro and Bloodborne, and you know like games that are actually considered good instead of like Shovelware, you know stuff that's just I paid a quid for.
1: Let's let's put this right, right? Let's let's just make a suggestion, okay? Okay if you're gonna have the next next console generation or whatever if we're playing all on vr headsets or if it's some sort of digital utopia whatever it will be can we just get rid of trophies and replace them with challenges right what this is what i mean by that you can keep your trophies there but let's let's have like speed challenges of how quickly it takes you to get that Or that you can, you know, try and get the trophy again, but at a quicker time. Then, I'd have a better understanding of whether you're good or not. Not that you just have a load of time on your hands. So, if you have to climb a mountain just to make it, like, pop up on the bottom of your screen, and you took ten days to get there, that's not very impressive. That just means that you've got a lot of time in your hand. I feel sorry that you can't, or you won't, fill it with something else, Right. If, however, I can see that trophy several times and someone's managed to do it in a day, someone's managed to do it in an hour, someone's managed to do it in 10 seconds, that's a bit more interesting. I'm actually worth having a look at what you've got to say then. It's, it's just, oh God, it's so laborious. All of it.
0: it, it I do think it depends. But like Resident if I didn't, it, I would have, if I'd beaten it, if I just played for it once, I would have enjoyed it. But because I decided to go trophy hunt, trophy hunting, I I sped run the game. I beat the game on all the difficulty settings, including invisible enemies. I did a no save run. I did a run where I didn't yeah. have to hit. Just makes you of, sick of them. Uh, that made me enjoy the game more. But there are definitely trof- li- trophy lists that are just absolutely stupid. And they do, they do,
1: get, getting trophies in my experience just makes me sick of a game I used to enjoy, and I'm I'm just that's just what I'm saying. I just think. They've gone too far. You've gone too far. Go it, right. Mike. What else you got?
0: Okay, this one I know you're going to disagree with. Right. But, you know, whatever. PlayStation 2 has better platformers than those on the GameCube. You What?
1: <laughs> that is probably the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. Right. Explain yourself, sir.
0: Do you know what's not a good game? Mm. Mario Sunshine. Oh, there
1: we go, there's that low-hanging fruit. Go on, then, keep it going.
0: So, Mario Sunshine is the arguably the biggest platformer on the GameCube. You know, good old Mario. Probably the worst 3D Mario, because it is, it is buggy, it is not fun. You've got things like Yoshi that just drowns into a vapour. You've got the stupid blue coins. You've got the terrible challenges like the pachinko machine which is just completely busted it's just absolutely god awful now when we talk about playstation 2 there are arguably of course there are games of platforming elements like god of war but i wouldn't consider that a platformer because it's mainly action based but the three big hitters on the um On the PlayStation 2 is Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper and Ratchet and Clank. Now, I know Billy doesn't care about anything that's not gameplay, but I think that Sly Cooper has the the Sly Cooper trilogy has probably the best writing in a platformer. I also think the sneaking is fun and it's an interesting twist on the platforming formula. I think Ratchet and Clank the original trilogies are not only edgier, but funnier and better written than the later Ratchet and Clank games. I also find the shooting really fun, apart from maybe the first one, but the second and the third one came out on the PS two, so it still counts. Um, Jack and Daxter, the um, the first one is a really well made collector fun, and definitely way better than it has any right to be. I think Jack two and three. Are also a a great step up even if it goes in a bit slightly different direction now when you look over the Gamecube right now I'm not arguing whether the Gamecube is better than the Playstation or vice versa I'm arguing specifically the platformers so obviously stuff like Luigi's Mansion don't count um, but like what are you left with you're left with like what Billy Hatcher you've got like
1: have you played Billy Hatcher
0: no. Well then, you don't
1: know nothing. You don't know nothing. You can't go picking that game out that you know nothing about and say, Billy Hatcher. Don't be like I, that, Mike. Don't okay, be that person. I,
0: I, honestly, if there's some sort of hidden gem of a, a platformer on the GameCube that I've, I've not heard of, please let me know. Because as far as I'm aware, the GameCube's lineup of platformers are kind of duff.
1: Okay, let me let me first of all, let me talk about the PlayStation 2 platform games, right? I uh, when was the last time you played Jack and Daxter one? Uh about a year
0: or two ago.
1: A year or two ago and you think that's well made? That game has the worst camera in a platforming game ever.
0: It's, it's- god awful. It's, be- it's better on the on the versions I played, though.
1: What, is it? Was it the PlayStation Two version of the game? No. No. Right. So already you've you've already discounted the fact that the Jack and Daxter games you've been playing are not on PlayStation Two versions, but that's the the, the HD version of something that you used to play, right? Right. Okay, so let's just disregard that, because your opinion already is is, is sullied by this, but the camera is terrible, the look ahead is bad, the the graininess and the fog is awful, and there are so many times where you fall through platforms, or you were supposed to do, oh god, going into that underground level with all the electrical bits and pieces, where if you just touch something, you'll teleport like half an hour hour backwards just to get another bloody uh, egg... 'Cause they're eggs. In collecting eggs. I don't care what you say, Sorry. they're eggs. Right, so ja- but that's the best one of the lot. I haven't I've played the first level of Sly Cooper and not not too much else. So I'll I'll hold my up as that as that's being my Billy Hatcher, right? Okay. Don't even get me started on Ratchet and Clank. Cause Ratchet and Clank is the worst of platforming games I've ever played. It's dull. It's boring. You spend more time watching that little cursor float over and try and shoot millions of things than you do with any kind of interesting platform in gaming. And if it wasn't for the characters talking, which they're not exactly a Banjo-Kazooie, are they? They're not funny. They're not interesting. Um, in fact, the, most of the other characters look ridiculous with the way their faces stretch all over the place.
0: On, it's got better writing than Banjo-Kazooie. Come Banjo-Kazooie
1: Kazooie is funny. The level design is fantastic. And it holds up today. You go playing Ratchet and Clank now, and it's 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 just so dull. The worlds are so boring, and and you're just flying around empty space, and it's uh, it's just tedious. Right now, let's list off some gameplay play, play uh, some platformers on the GameCube. Now, you could do you want me to go outside the box of the realms of what you would class as a platformer, or do you want me to strictly stay to platforming? Because I can do Ooh. both.
0: The argument is about platformers, so. Okay,
1: well, would you... Cl- let's, let's narrow it down for me. Would you class Super Monkey Ball as a platformer? Uh,
0: I don't know. well Yeah, I guess so. This
1: is what I'm saying. So, outside the box kind of stuff, you see, people don't think about that. So, when you start looking at those kind of games, you start going, Hmm, interesting. Now, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, regardless of how this game is being ridiculed, that Star Fox Adventures is better than any of the games you've just mentioned. Because it's cohesive, it's fun, it's got good animation, and it holds together better than any of those. I never fell through the floor on Star Fox Adventures like I did in Jack and Daxter. That happened to me. I was pissed. Just wanted to just throw it out there. Uh,
0: well, obviously, this is—it's—it's—we're it, uh, not going to obviously get past the fact that it is very hard to argue. When you've got an opinion and the other person thinks so drastically different. What well, it's but... cause you're wrong!
1: Yeah you just not got an opinion, you're just wrong! What about Wario World? You played Wario World? The most um, the most forgotten about 3D platformer on the GameCube, which is absolutely phenomenal and better than any Crash Bandicoot. Wario I I've
0: only
1: seen gameplay and it looks shit. See? Look! and uh, what, you think Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank One look good? Compared to Wario World, you click. This is this is coming from a person who clearly oh, hasn't played it.
0: Bill Bill comes out of left field talking about graphics like that's important. Oh, oh, what it. you brought it
1: up? I'm just defending it. Not to mention the fact the GameCube can actually handle a lot better 3D platformers than what the PlayStation can. Not okay. Let's go out of left field. And not worry about graphics. Let's let's go do a comfort- controversial one. Yeah, Sonic Adventure. Every single one of them is on the GameCube, and people that's still what? talk about them today. They do. Yep. Yeah. No one's talking about Ratchet and Clank 1 and Jack and Daxter 1. Those, some so, of those platformers people consider to be the best platformers <laughs> of all time. I'm not going to say they're right, but I'm, I'm telling you, Sonic Adventure is on there. Not. Well, if you don't like that one, what about Zelda? All oh, the Zeldas are on the GameCube as well. You're going to just f- forget about Zelda
0: that?
1: Is Zelda not a platformer? What about Wind Wake? You can do more platforming in Wind Wake and then you're doing oh. Ratchet and Clank?
0: Going up against the legend, like climbing it, isn't a, isn't what I'd consider a platform. Well, still- shooting shooting every little
1: robot in the screen before you get to a single jump is not exactly a platform. If you are talking about Ratchet and Clank, you spend more time more just than- moving the cursor around. <laughs>
0: It it turns around and goes, oh, my favourite platformer, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Nobody says that. It's like an action-adventure game.
1: Well, in that case, so is Ratchet & Clank. Because you don't do... If we added up every jump that you did in Ratchet & Clank compared to every jump you did in Zelda, I guarantee Zelda would win. So what is that if that's not a platformer?
0: The mechanics are are more favoured towards platforming in ratchet and clank because you've got a glide ability where you can jump and glide there's where you've got a swing you've got a swing with like a shut up i know there's a rope in zelda oh, i can see your face i'm just telling you i'm just telling you zelda is not a platformer it's no, m-
1: it's more of a platformer than ratchet and clank is So if you're bringing ratchet and clank to no. the adventure okay let's move on what about metroid prime Silence, Metroid. people! Silence! Listen yeah, to Metroid, that. That, Metroid that d- do not adjust. Good, right? Do not adjust your podcast. You are hearing things correctly. I silenced Mike.
0: Look, all right. I'll concede that Metroid Prime is good. All right.
1: Decent platformer too, if you think about it.
0: I never. I don't remember t- selling, saying that the uh, GameCube platformers are all bad. Maybe just <laughs> Mario Sunshine. Yeah. But so yeah.
1: If you're judging the whole thing on Mario Sunshine, maybe. Even though I consider Mario Sunshine to be better than those games you've mentioned, even with its problems. But when you actually think outside the box, don't don't start, Mike. I think it's best that you uh, that you uh, redeem yourself with your next topic, if you ask me.
0: But look, look the ra- Ratchet and Clank is one of those series that's gotten better with gameplay over the years, but worse with the writing. So I have, I <laughs> ha- I, I like. The old writing style of the old games and kind of makes me a bit sad looking at how they've sort of gotten worse and more fluffy and cutesy and just terrible.
1: Jack Jack and Daxter is a better game than Ratchet and Clank. Um, I'm all about Jack and Daxter. I'm more intrigued to see what else is going to come up, but I'm not going to make any jokes and say it's better than anything that's on the GameCube. Come on, Mike.
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm... I'm trying to defend my home. I'm trying to. Everyone, everyone talks about Nintendo. Nobody shuts up about Nintendo. Everyone's like, wow, Nintendo! Nintendo, Mario, Sonic, Zelda! Wow! But nobody gives any. Nobody, like, shows any love or admiration.
1: Mate! I'm going Florida. back and I'm playing the, all of the, the PlayStation, PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 um, library. I'm actually doing that right now. So I am. I'll just. But I don't I think, say ludicrous things like it's better than GameCube's platformers.
0: I think, in terms of how, like, in terms of, like, pop culture, I think people always undersell the PlayStation. Uh, unless you're talking about, like, a The Last of Us or God of War or whatever. Which, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but God, I hate the fact that everyone talks about the new God of War like it's the second coming of Christ. It's, it's a good game, but I honestly. I prefer the gameplay of the old ones. I hate those cameras, like, stuck on your shoulder and just follows you everywhere. Yeah, it's more immersive if you're watching a film, but when it comes to playing a game, no, it's not. You've, 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 got, you've got the camera so far up you that you can't actually see enemies around you. Yes, the camera was pulled back in the old games, but that was for good reason, so you could actually see where all the enemies were going. It was faster, it was cooler, you know, the platforming kind of sucked, but... I'd rather have boring ass like I'd rather have not that great platforming than just walls that you climb where you just hold the up button and just go, oh, go oh, climbing up the wall. Like the new God of War gameplay wise is ass. It's 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 good, it's fine, it's fine. I don't wanna make out that it's <laughs> terrible. But I just think the old God of War games are just so much better gameplay wise. And I just think that instead of pretending like, oh the old God of War games were terrible. Kratos is more mature now. He was just an angry, angry man in a terrible hack and slash game. Like, can we actually give some respect for the old God of War games and stop pretending like they were junk food and the new game's like some sort of um, godfather, impressive, oh my God, this is the best 10 out of 10 game ever. It's a bit silly, really.
1: You won't have any disagreements with me, Mike, because I don't think any of them are that good. I don't think God of War is that great at all <laughs> i never I never thought God of War was that great. I looked at it. There was a time where I where I shunned the PlayStation 2 as being shovelware, and then when the Wii came out, I was like, okay, I'm the Nintendo fanboy that said the Gamecube's better because I ain't got any shovelware and then the Wii came along and I was like i'm I'm being a bit hypocritical so I went back and played a load of them. I played the the big hitters. Kingdom Hearts, Metal Gear, um, God of War, and Devil May Cry, and not a single one of them impressed me. In fact, I was glad that I left them behind, because they're just not... Unless you like a good story, which we've already covered that, and we need to move on to more pressing matters with my next question, for example. But as a gameplay mechanic, and and what is in them gameplays wise they were clearly limited by either the people who made them, and didn't have enough imagination, or the hardware that it was on. Because they just couldn't get the world or the gameplay or the mechanics to a point where it was anything more than a lot of button bashing. I honestly Which think Devil like
0: May that. Cry game did you actually play anyway?
1: I played Devil May Cry 1, 2, 3 and 4. Um, oh, fair enough. So, like, I know yeah. the
0: second one's... Apparently, I haven't played any of them, but I've, apparently the second one's terrible. The first one's alright, and then the third one, we sort of really found it.
1: The the third uh, my biggest problem with Devil May Cry, which I wasn't going to talk about this one, I was going to move, move to something else. But actually triggered me, Mike, I'm just going to go into it. Dante is not a cool character. He's such a geek. Why does every everything they put Dante in he breaks? with they put him in a fighting game because because he is literally a school kid's wish fulfillment of a superhero. He's just it's not just good enough that he's got a sword, he needs guns as well and magic and other people's weapons and nunchucks and a guitar that shoots lightning. It's stupid, it's ridiculous and it just breaks anything he puts him in a fighting great game, right? So let's forget about that. Let's look at his normal um franchise Devil May Cry 1 where he had that famous scene where he just oh, I want to fill your life with light? Who delivered that line? Why was that even said? Why did no one go... I, do, do you know what? I think we should do that again. I don't think that's the recording we should put in the game. Instead, the guy went, genius! That's genius! And they put it in. Why? Devil May Cry 2, he barely said anything. So, to be honest, that's a win for me. I don't care what uh, why that game gets so much dread, because I'm just glad he'd shut up. In the third one, he surfs a demon... While eating pizza, killing everybody, which would be cool, but he can't shut his mouth, can he? So he's walking and go, woohoo, yeah, woohoo, woohoo. Mario does that, and everybody thinks he's dumb. Dante does it, and everybody thinks he's a god. Explain it to me. I don't get it. I don't understand. And as the final nail in the coffin, Nero is much more cooler than Dante ever was. I, I, I love, I love
0: Schlock. I absolutely love anything that's like, like terrible voice acting. Oh, man, um, it's bad. Really over-the-top stuff. I think
1: that's hilarious. Oh, man, it's so bad. It's, it's, it's so, so bad. I can't stand him. If I if if my book ever got popular enough where I could make a video game crossover, I would make Street Fighter vs. Raging Destiny, and I would make sure that Dante is in it as a special character just so I can kick his ass with the characters I made because I can't stand the guy. You stupid... Your stupid silver hair, even even the remake was dumb. I will admit that. He was he was dumb too. Kind of, yeah. All right, I think I'm done now, Mike. I think I've had my moment. Shall I talk about something that's going to treat you?
0: Yeah, go on. Then. All right then.
1: I think the N64 controller is one of the best controllers ever made.
0: Oh, why do you think that?
1: Because I think it's got a setup on that controller that is pretty that's pretty well made for any kind of uh, game. Yeah, then twin sticks you might argue is better than C buttons, but I would much rather have C button. Who who right when they're playing a a, a, a first person shooter needs full 360 motions on their on their legs. I ne- there's always side people doing side strafing or walking forwards or backwards like that. And and they go go like in the compass points, but there's no one who wants full 360 movements of the legs. I never see it in any competition or anything. So having four buttons that can be pressed at the same time to get those extra compass points is not a problem. That controller allows you to play fighting games with six face buttons... It allows you to play platformers. It allows you to play shooting games, although left-handed. But yes, I trained left-handed because that was the first console I played. So I had to change what I did just because you guys had dual control sticks after a while, okay? So, don't. you can play uh, first-person shooters on there. And if you say you can't, you're no better than those people that says, Oh, the only way to play a first-person shooter is on PC with a keyboard and mouse. It's the same friggin' thing, okay? You don't have any... Neat. You can you can plug whatever you want into the back of the controller for rumble pack and, and memory cards. I can exchange save files with my mates. It, they, they were multiple coloured. Th- that controller just allowed me to play so many different types of games. Whereas now, if I get a fighting game, I need to buy a six-faced controller to be able to play it. I need to re like even when you're like playing with dual sticks on a, on a um, on a first-person shooter, you can't press. The four buttons and the stick at the same time. So everybody's, like, making the most of these shoulder buttons as best they can. Well, if they were actually pressing the yellow buttons like they did on the on the N64, then you wouldn't need to worry about having to map so much complication to all the shoulder buttons instead. Because the buttons are already there. So I don't understand. I think the N64 controller is phenomenal. It's perfectly fine and it played everything. And then we have to change the rules. What?
0: What I don't understand, Bill, is why um if, if the N64 controller was so good, then why is one of the worst things considered about the N64 that all the games have terrible camera controls?
1: You've been wrong three times tonight, Mike, and I'm going to put you wrong, because the worst thing about the N64 is everything's bloody blue! It's, it's the graphics are the worst thing on the N64. They're not aged right. There's nothing wrong with the controller. Tell me what's wrong with the controller, Mike. Let's,
0: this way. First, first I'll... Uh... I'll say something subjective because it's factual right um no no game controller has ever tried to em tried to copy what the n sixty four did and that and if if the controller was so great, so fantastic, why has every game been a some sort of variation on the DualShock one now this isn't me saying that the 1 one's one of the best controllers ever made because it isn't, but why is every controller tried to basically copy that format when the N64 controller, such a magnificent console. You, control, you, you fall,
1: you fall into my trap like a fly to sticky paper, Mike. Because if that was true, right? If that, if the DualShock was it one or two that you said there? If that was the well, p-
0: well, the first one was the one that sort of popularized the second stick.
1: Okay, right. So that, if that was the the most iconic controller ever, and that was flawless. Why is it when they try and emulate that, they do not emulate the D-pad? Because the D-pad sucks on the DualShock 2! Because it's four different buttons! Which is the same as the four yellow buttons that you've got on the N64 controller!
0: I'm not arguing the quality of the origi- the old PlayStation controllers. My point is the fact that no c- controller since has tried to copy the design of the N64 controller because...
1: Why would they? No, because th- it's, it's because that's what everybody got comfortable with, because everybody bought a PlayStation 2. Not everybody bought an N64. So like everything else in the world, you could argue that uh, that people say, well, why, why if the arcade had it right with their control sticks and, and buttons that you slam like this that why don't we all play games like that nowadays? It's because people brought at home, they were uncomfortable, even though you can press buttons faster with your two index fingers than you can with your thumb. So technically the arcade is a better experience for quick button presses, right? And that's why still people play fighting games with them today. What I'm saying is, is there's nothing... Ro- the N64 is the best hybrid controller. It has the possibility to do so many different genres with no compromises. Whereas the DualShock, just because we all owned one, didn't necessarily mean that it was the best choice of what we could have had instead. If people got used to what was better for them,
0: have
1: you? I, so <laughs> I thought you were about to say, "Have you played a video game?" <laughs> I've, I've,
0: I've, I've, I've held many N sixty four controller, and I I hate, I absolutely despise the analog stick on it. I think it's dumb. It's like a little chopstick with a with a. It's like a thin mushroom it's got like, it looks like it can snap and it's just so wiggly and and terrible there is like it. the
1: the dead zone on a n64 controller is still being used on things like super uh, uh, like on smash brothers because the dead zone is not as bad as the dual shock 2 where i can press right for almost an inch and the game still hasn't registered that i pressed anything it's nothing to do with the, the the stick. It literally, it's got nothing to do with that. I'm talking about the hybridness of it. If if the DualShock Two was the right answer, then we would be playing with a a four button D-pad, which is a dumb idea, and it doesn't work, and it makes it it, it makes games suffer as a result. Is what I'm saying. Whereas the N64, we wouldn't have had that. I
0: think because obviously I don't give a piss about influence. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This game oh, back in the day, back in my day when when this is all we had, this was the best thing I don't care. Every when 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 you get when you ask me like oh, okay, what kind of um controllers would you like to um use for games? I'd say, Oh, I dunno, the Switch Pro controller or um, you know, the the Xbox controller, you know, anything from three sixty onwards really or the PlayStation 4 controller or PlayStation 5 controller? Do you know what I don't say? I don't say the N64 <laughs> controller, because why would I? The, literally, like, and, and even when people say the GameCube, the GameCube controller is great for GameCube games and anything else is just kind of a bit naff.
1: I, I'll admit that. Do you know what? Right, I defended the GameCube controller for so many years and I hold my hand up live on this podcast right now. I was wrong. Those those trigger buttons and that one Z button that was pointless. We didn't need well,
0: that. Try and play, try and play Mario. Try and play Mario All Stars with a GameCube controller. <laughs> it's just not going to end well. Do you know
1: what? Also, why why is the 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 the, the nubs that hold the the D pad and the and the stick in the middle right? <laughs> not only is the D pad really tiny and stupid. I mean, come on, that that was that was a stupid idea you've got the best D-pad in the world next to the the Sega D-pads in Nintendo and you go and make a tiny one that burns your hand when you try to use it. I kept getting my knuckles stuck in the controller. Now, don't ask me why... Just every so often, I don't know whether I, I don't know. Maybe I just fancied pressing around with the hole that was in my controller. Don't think about that one too much. Or maybe I decided to sort of move my controller about or pick up a controller. Every so often, my finger would just get stuck in between the two nubs at the bat- bottom of the GameCube. That's sh- that's a hazard. That shouldn't be happening. I think, I
0: think on the last podcast episode we talked about two D and three D gaming, and I think. In, during that era of gaming when 3D became the norm, I think they just gave up on D pads. They were like, eh, just, yeah. it <laughs> <It's> <laughs> just Don't need bad. it as long as it's got a good stick. That's all that matters. That's
1: bad. Right, you got another one for us, Mike? Because there are quite a few on mine. <laughs>
0: I've got, I've got one. Go on in. Um, might as well throw another um, spicy one out there. Go on in. So. I think you've been waiting for this. Why are you
1: smiling? Why are you smiling before you've ever said anything?
0: I think the Wii U and 3DS was the worst error for Nintendo. The
1: Wii U and 3DS. Okay, do you mean financially? Because technically you're right. Or do you just mean for game quality?
0: I mean mean in general.
1: No, no, no. You can't be for general. (laughs) What do you mean, son?
0: Both. No, not both! The oh, Switch
1: has thing. got all the. Ag- oh God, you just set me off on purpose. The Switch has literally got the Wii U library on there, and it's the most highest critically rated games that they've got is from the
0: Wii U. Well, look, look. This is all right. Let's, for, for argument's sake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the whole sales thing in the bin. Push that to one side. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm coming in from a perspective of someone who has not. Who only after the fact after the switch came out went and played the 3DS and Wii U. I'm talking about how one, if we want to talk about uh, Wii U, Wii U was the worst era for Mario. It was Mario its most bland vanilla, boring, just mm. unfun like oh we've got we've got Mario Ultra Smash which is the worst worst tennis game. Oh, we've got um, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, which is just boring because they've just ham-fisted Paper Mario in it and it's just not fun. Or you've got the Paper Mario game that was on the Wii U, which was arguably one of the worst games in the series. Are you saying arguably
1: because you've not played it yourself again, Mike?
0: I haven't, because why would I?
1: (laughs) What a weak defence. Carry on, sir. Carry on.
0: But there is... there is. I own a Wii U, right? And Mm. I have had zero incentive to buy any games for it. In fact, the only games I have got on it are virtual console games, which are games from a previous generation, or games that have been remade for it, like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, which you could argue are actually GameCube slash Wii games, not necessarily Wii U games. And when it comes to the 3DS, all right? The only the only franchise that's good on the 3ds is Zelda. Anything else is naff.
1: Okay. Well, let's address one thing at a time. Okay. So Mario on Wii U was the uh, you most say the most shallow. It,
0: uh, yeah, out of all the out of all the iterations of Mario, it was a,
1: the most. That's a bland. big statement. I I I'm not too sure if I would agree with that entirely um i would probably i don't know it, it that's that, that might be true i don't know but it's it's going to be tight because you've got new super, super mario Bros. u was the best iteration of those new games even though those new games aren't new for many many years but we talked about that but new super mario brothers u is actually a really good platformer and the only one worth playing in that whole series but let's move on to other parts where you've got Super Mario Three D World that you didn't mention.
0: I, I lumped that in with all the other Mario crap that came out around. That's that a pretty the good era.
1: platformer for the longest time. That's the best. That, that's the best one.
0: I still, I, 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 stand by my point when I say it is the the blandest out of all the three D Marios. Uh, I would probably not, well, not the blandest. That that would be Three D Land, which came out on the three DS, or Mario Sunshine because
1: mario sunshine is not
0: mario sunshine i just i I talked about how it was terrible but that game has personality
1: well 3d world maybe i mean i mean that's the closest we got to mario 64 2 which is not a bad thing really when you think about it um color splash actually got a lot of bad press because the paper mario fans i don't know what makes them happy they just obviously want thousand year door 2 but Color Splash was a good time. That was really fun. It was had some really interesting writing to it for an RPG of Mario, which made me laugh. And although the the Mario RPG series as a whole is normally quite funny, Color Splash actually made me laugh out loud with the way that they did it. And the bosses are really inventive, and you really have to think outside the box to play them. It's not particularly hard, but it is a good time. And I think, Mike, personally, I think you should play that game, because I think that's an RPG that's right up your alley. honestly... Do you think so? Um, Would you class Yoshi as a Mario game? Uh, Woolly World was a really good game. If If you do or don't, I don't know. So, okay, I think your statement of saying it was the most sterile that Mario's been in a while is on 3DS and Wii U is probably right. But I still think there's some good games in there and I don't think it strengthens your Wii U... Is my, my, my
0: argument is not that the, the Wii U and 3DS don't have any redeeming qualities. It's that out of all the generations of consoles for, for Nintendo, I think that that's the weakest of the yeah. iterations of those particular franchises. To be honest,
1: I think you've argued that point quite well, and I don't think you're wrong in that statement, because I think they released those consoles and realised that they'd made a marketing blunder by putting everything into the 3D technology of the 3DS, which I don't think people wanted, and everyone just turned it off. And the Wii U was missold um, as what people thought was a Wii console with extras rather than a brand new console. And Mm -hmm. once they realised that, I think they're going, oh, we've made a mistake.
0: Let's hold our big games until later. another, Another point I was trying to make is that, in hindsight, the Wii U is kind of redundant now. Like, why... Why would If I didn't own a Wii U, why would I pick up one, other than the virtual console, which will close down in, like, you know... It
1: is, it is the best way to play Wii console games, still. Mm. So, if, And why
0: wouldn't I just play a Wii that could play GameCube games?
1: Because the Wii U... Well, that, that's, that's up to yourself. Really, Wii U upscales Wii games and makes them clearer and better and easier to look at. And it's also the Wii U is HD gaming, um, whereas the, the rest are all composite. So that's one reason. But you're not. You're, I understand your point. You, you're not wrong, especially with the think, best. I
0: know. Well, I think when when I first said it, I think you were going in with the mentality of what it was like at release, whereas I'm more looking at what it was like. Yes, the games were port, A lot of games were ported to the Switch, but now there's literally no point. In having a Wii U unless you want to play Wii games or you want two Zelda remakes that haven't been ported to the Switch, yeah. which no doubt will happen eventually. I
1: would argue the same thing. I mean, I I got the Wii U and there's very much less of a reason for me to get the versions on Switch because I got the originals. So there's that. Um, and I, I do echo that. Unless you want to play Wii games in the best definition you can, there's no point in having oh, so a Wii just...
0: U. There's no no reason to play Splatoon when you've got Splatoon two. Correct. There's no re- there's no reason to play Mario Maker when you've got Mario Maker two unless you want a few Correct. amiibo costumes or whatever. Yoshi's Woolly World's a different one to argue because from what I've heard, Woolly World is a significantly better game than Crafting Crafted World. There's
1: not too much in it really. I think Woolly World no. is just a better idea to be honest. Yeah. Wooly Wooly World just makes it. It's. It's. They've changed more to the to the theme, whereas Crafted World is just like the Paper Mario of Yoshi sort of thing, really. Yeah. As as for your, as for your 3DS argument, I'd agree. I think most of the games that I played on my 3DS were actually DS games, not 3DS games.
0: It was um, mostly a, a Pokemon machine, the 3DS, really.
1: Yeah, there was, I, and, I mean, the other ones I'd mention is Mario Kart 7, Star Fox 64, and Metroid's Return of Samus as
0: mm-hmm.
1: worthwhile games playing on the 3DS. But apart from that, I can't really argue with your point, to Yeah, be fair. I think
0: Return of Samus is one that's, in again, in hindsight, hard to come back to. Because, like, it feels like a less refined version of Dread. Yeah, in
1: a way. I mean... I still I still really like Return of Samus. My my biggest problem with the 3DS is just the hand cramp. When they started trying to get things more complicated, you know, it, the, the, Return of Samus is fun to play in like hour or two hour stints, but eventually your arms are going to fall off and they just can't can't wait or can't help but wish it was on something better. The same with Star Fox 64. I wish that re HD, that's not HD, but then in that remake, that graphical fidelity was on something else other than the DS. And when you've released Kid Icarus, which should have been on the Wii in the the first place, with a stand, knowing full well that it's incredibly difficult to play. Did you know this? No, I didn't. No, when, when Kid Icarus was released on the 3DS, they released it with a stand for the console, knowing full well that it was very difficult to play without... You know, with just two hands. So they actually they released this massive Ikkidikarist bundle, which came with a stand that held your console while you played it freehand, because that was the most comfortable way to play it. Nintendo, if you're doing that, you've got a problem, son. You need to not release the game.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think unless unless you really like RPGs, and you got stuff like Pokemon, Shin Megami Tensei four, um, the Dragon Quest eight remake. You really, there's really no, not or, or unless you want to play Zelda games like um, Link Between Worlds, there's not really much point to own a 3DS unless you want to use it for DS games, which is, to be honest, the only reason I boot up a 3DS nowadays.
1: Yeah, the, you get the bigger screens. The, the 3DS XL is the is the nicest way to play those games. I just wish that the Wii U was more popular, that they would actually release a um, a DS player on the wii u i was really hoping they would do that one day and it obviously never happened i
0: think i think, the, I think one of my i also have a little bit of a grudge against mario of that era mainly because really i um, haven't noticed <laughs> yeah mainly because it's kind of like where every a lot of the franchises had the personality sucked out of it like look at like the the mario and luigi series arguably went downhill after Bowser's inside story. Um, um,
1: maybe. I mean, I, I thought Tropical Freeze was had more personality than Donkey Kong Country Returns. I didn't,
0: yeah, I'd agree with that sentiment.
1: Yeah, I didn't think the Tiki Masks were really a good choice for a bad guy, but the, the Woolly Mammoths and the Penguins were a lot more full of personality, so that yeah, I, again i understand what you mean and probably for the most part you're correct but there are a few exceptions of course with any yeah. argument but here's another one for you mike here's here's one that i've i've found personally i'm, I'm gonna put it out in the public um okay. that i've never i've never really had the, i've had this conversation with one other person and this person almost threw their controller at my face because they thought i was so wrong um and they went to college and everything to 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 prove me wrong um right. but i don't think so I don't think if you have a game in first person, that makes it more immersive. I completely disagree with that. In fact, I feel more like a tank, and I feel like the more of the world is blocked off to me, and I feel like I'm playing more of a game than when I am in a third person or platformer type game. Because you can't see everything. You walk down the hallway, and you tell me that your body moves at the same time as your head. And it immediately just takes me out of the game. If I walked out, I'm not saying you, you you should in a game or that there's a way that you can move your head solely from your body. I think that would be terrible. All I'm saying is from an immersion standpoint, the moment I walk down a corridor with that gun out and I'm moving backwards. Of, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but just imagine I've got a gun out in front of me and I turn left, right? I'm going to look first and then move the gun. In, you don't lock your shoulders and move your head at the same time. You're not Batman in the Batman suit, can't turn his head. I, I, I immediately takes it out of immersion. Climbing ladders, looking over the edge, all of these things that you do with ease every day that you live your life is immediately made more difficult in a first-person shooter game because you can't see your feet, and if you can, it's not where your feet should be. Climbing things is not where you should be climbing, Looking over and, and, and interacting with the world is not right. Even when you pick things up like boxes and stuff. When I pick a box up in something like, I don't know, Zelda or God of War or any of that kind of stuff, I can clearly see what I'm doing. In a first-person shooter, if the box is floating in front of me, then no. That, that, that's not immersion. I'm completely out of it. I know I'm playing a game. Am I, Is it just me, Mike? Is it just me? You tell me.
0: I, I don't attribute I, I don't attribute immersion to which view but a game's in i don't think i personally don't think that first-person gamings any more or less immersive it's one of those things where it's a case-by-case basis i've played first-person games where i felt really immersed but I've also played third-person games where i felt immersed it's not like i don't feel like every game has to be you know like i don't feel like resident evil 7 is any better than resident evil 4 just because it's in first person
1: it might be scarier i think that's what people are trying to say is is the first person i
0: understand vr vr i understand i don't think vr would work as well if you're playing a third person game well even if you take vr out of it
1: if you take vr out of it is a first person perspective scarier than in third person where you can judge distances better and things like that
0: well you, but... can t- well, you can turn the camera in a third-person game often, not not related to the character itself. So, yeah, if you, if you could see in the camera if something was behind you, whereas if in third first person, you'd have to literally turn to look at it.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I just think the judging of distances in first person, just in anything that like I do, just immediately takes me out of the situation. And trying to do, in the moment-to-moment instances of first person games, it just doesn't feel as as, as connected to the world. I feel like I've got a camera rig on my shoulders as I'm moving around. Yeah. And, and that, it, although first person has its advantages, I do not believe it is the be-all and end-all of how you should be immersed in a game. And when you, as soon as you start playing, even, okay, actually, you raise a good point. The best VR experience I've ever had is a game called Moss, where right. you control a little mouse that goes around a 3D world. Right. And they they do not use the 3D camera as a way of you being in the person and trying to navigate a 3D space. And you, it, the reason people have struggled with that is because you're not in a 3D space. And that, I think there's a disconnect there. However, yeah. in Moss, you are a person who's watching the little mouse do his adventures and controlling him. And you what? stand up and you look around to look around this kind of like box 3D world to look under stuff and around stuff and things like that to yeah. help. So you essentially you're the camera. And I think that's so much more immersive because you feel like you're the cameraman watching the world and interacting in the world and showing the person the way than you are if you are got this camera locked on your shoulders as such and you're kind of trying to navigate the 3D space. So I, I just think that that's rubbish. I think is any anyone who says if it's not first person, it's not immersive, you're wrong. Yeah, I...
0: Yeah, I, I, I I'm kind of like... It's a weird thing to argue because I'm kind of in the middle on that. It's very much like any game can be immersive regardless of its camera. It's just whether it does it properly or not. Yeah. So looking at... What I've got on my list here, um, I think that Xbox, out of the three main companies, has the worst exclusives by a country mile. And I don't think they've ever been particularly incredible. And some might argue that this take could get very um, dated in time. But I'd argue that... um, like the Fallout franchise, for example, has been on a downhill slope ever since Fallout New Vegas, which wasn't even made by Bethesda, and Skyrim. Though it blew me away at the time, in retrospect, I think it's just it's all right. And I think so. The only, in fact, there is only one thing that Xbox owns um, that is probably going to be exclusive. But I, I genuinely think, is like. Amazing, and I, I don't want to lose it. And that's Doom. Other than that, yeah, um, I'm pretty convinced that anything that comes out of Tony Hawk Pro Skater or Crash Bandicoot is not going to be exclusive, so I can't say I'm particularly worried about that. But when it comes to what they do have, um, I, I've been playing through the Halos recently, as the time of this recording, and I'm enjoying Halo, but there are better first-person shooters out there.
1: Definitely. Yeah, Halo doesn't. My biggest problem with Halo is it struggles to bring anything new to the mix. It just tries to it, increase the scale every time, um, and uh, without getting it into too much detail, I also don't think they they ever really sort of planned story wise sequels. You know, when yeah. when when you're um, I spoilers for these for the Metroid series and the Halo series. If you have or have not played them, you might want to fast forward like five minutes now, but When you call a franchise Metroid and that's the, you know, once you've killed the Metroid off in in your third game, when you come on to the next Metroid and they evolve the story into Samus being the Metroid, then that's a good evolution of a story without getting like a, a, a noose around your neck to sort of say, we're called Metroid, we need to make something of the series. When Halo do nothing but, it's another Halo... And then third one there's another halo you kind of didn't have any ideas of why you called it halo and how you were going to evolve past that story point to the point where you literally just this one epi- epic weapon that's going to destroy the universe you just kept bringing it back cuz you had no idea what to do with it you know Um
0: I also, I also just like more kinetic gameplay than oh my shields are down better hide behind a pillar until my shields come back again I'm very much yeah. like sort of get in, get, get in, murder, get out sort of thing. I'm very much
1: a... Well, you're, a Doom well, guy. Doom so much. you're a Doom guy. You're you a Doom guy. And I was the same. Doom, torak, Perfect Dark, all of those games punished you for taking any kind of hits and rewarded you for exploring to get your your damage back up. Whereas yeah. Halo started with the regenerating shield, which then brought things like Call of Duty and Battlefield and Gears of War that all borrowed from it. It was a thing. Yeah. It was a whole thing. And I get that. Um, It means that you don't need to let, you know, fill your world with pickups that kind of hover in the ground and make it look arcadey. But I've never had a problem with arcade games. I think, you know, for the most part, arcade games are more fun. Um, But going back to your original point about Xbox and exclusives, there was a time on the Xbox 360 when it first launched that Xbox had the best exclusive lineup I've ever seen. Um, And people often forget that little logo that's on top of a lot of their games called Only for Xbox. And they included things like Ninja Gaiden, Dead or Alive, Mass Effect, Bioshock. A lot of the Skyrim games were on there. Doom was originally exclusive because none of the other consoles could handle it. So all of of those exclusive Ninja Gaiden, all of those games were there. And then Microsoft let go of them because they thought they didn't need them. And that's where Xbox has left the way. So I'm not going to argue with you, Mike. I think you're absolutely right. Unless they, unless these game purchases, which I'm sure is what they're doing to try and change that opinion of, of the public, is saying, yes, we do have exclusives, then I don't think you're wrong on that point.
0: I know this is obviously the point where I ask you something, but I have another one which is kind of... It's, it's, Go on, it's keep it, keep this.
1: Here. keep this train <laughs> rolling. Keep it rolling.
0: Okay. I think, not for me... But for if you don't own a console, I think the Xbox is the best console for a casual person to own right now in the current video game climate.
1: With Game Pass?
0: Just, I think that's a part of it. I uh-huh. think if you, if you are a casual player, you, you can get, first of all, you can get an Xbox Series S. You can get one. You can't get an Xbox uh, Series X right now or a PS5. So one, you can get it. Two, it's fairly fairly affordable as far as next-gen hardware is concerned. Also, if you just pay for Game Pass, you've got a ridiculous library of games that also comes with free online, so you can get your Xbox Live as well, so you can still play games online. But you've got absolutely gigantic, constantly revolving, expansive game library. And yes, there are... There are games that I'd rather play on the PlayStation, but if you're looking at it from a perspective of someone who's not like me, who just plays a couple of games a year and doesn't really know go deep into retro games or go deep into certain genres or, or whatever, the Xbox is currently the best system to own if you've got only own one. I I
1: don't know about that. There's two the two um, two things on that that i'll bring up in contradiction to what you're saying first of all if you're saying you're a casual gamer you're probably gonna buy like you say one or two games a year right Mm -hmm. um i would argue paying what is it 10 pounds a month at the moment for a game pass for 50 odd games that rotate
0: it's it's like over a over hundred. Is it over a
1: hundred? Cool. Okay. I think if you pay ten pounds a, a, a month, which is going to equate to one hundred and twenty pounds for the whole year, for a load of games you probably will never play, when the only thing you want to play is, I don't know, Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed. If you're into that kind of thing, you might be better off just buying one console and on those two games and and saving yourself some money rather than paying constantly every month for something that you might not get the full benefit of. But that's just me being one of those guys saying that kind of stuff. I'm a bit surprised you didn't mention the Switch, though.
0: See, the Switch would be my second option if I had to pick one. But the thing is with the Switch is... Obviously, you've got the portability, which is a huge factor. Um, One thing, though, the actual components for the Switch are quite expensive. If you want to get another... Yeah, you're way. right. So, with an Xbox, it comes with a controller, so you might have to buy an extra controller, which costs you 50 quid. Yeah, a Switch, 70 quid for a pair. Joy-Cons are constantly having problems with Joy-Con drift, and like my Switch, I can't even actually connect my Joy-Cons to my Switch. That's how busted they are. Yeah, and you're it, right. It's not a problem with the Joy-Cons, it's a problem with the Switch itself. So the only way I'd fix it is by getting a brand new switch, which is a pain in the ass. Um, not only that, you've obviously got to get a carry case for it. You've got to get um, obviously you can't you can't. There's no Game Pass equivalent. They've got Nintendo Online, but a, ca- a casual player, won't want to spend their money and time playing like Mario on the NES. I know well, we don't mind playing games like that, but for the most part, they'd be more interested in more modern games. And also. Another point: Switch games rarely ever go down in price. Like how Mario Odyssey, you can still pick up really expensive for what, considering it's like what five years old. Same with Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, but again, I mean, I I don't I'm not agreeing with you. Just look sort of looking on the other side of the fence. But you've got um you could argue that the only game you might want to buy if you're a casual player is like I don't know Mario Kart and Mario Odyssey, and that's it maybe breath of the wild and then you, th- those games will give you a lot more hours than what a casual game might do elsewhere but also the, the nintendo shop online is a treasure trove of gaming history from indie games to all manner of different genres and time frames and stuff like that so i i i don't think it's an unpopular opinion i don't th- i think there's many people out there who probably agree with you But there is also a different side of that coin where people might sort of step up and go, have you thought about this? Um, But, an unpopular opinion that I keep getting pulled up on is um, hard games. And my unpopular opinion about hard games is they're not hard. Hard games aren't hard. You just exploit them. That's how you get past them. Truly hard games are just unfair unfun garbage. And the only people that get through them are the same people that go through and say, oh yeah, I did it, it wasn't that hard. Yeah, because you found an exploit. You didn't actually do it as the game was intended to be played, you sat behind that rock and you sniped that guy for two hours while you drained its massive amount of health with a tiddly little gun. Or you, you basically kept... Have you ever seen someone like an advanced player play something like Dark Souls... Or, or maybe, you know, I don't know, any kind of adventure game on a hard skill level. And you, and you just take that into context. Why, who on their right mind would dodge roll forever, constantly like they do in that game? And, and it just doesn't look good. <laughs> and, and, and it just takes you away from what the game should be played and how it should be played. For you just to exploit a level mechanic or interrupt the AI... That's not a real challenge. That's not real skill being measured. That's just basically you finding a cheat to get round it, and I don't agree with it. I don't. I don't think hard games are actually hard. I think the games have been made broken, and then people have exploited them.
0: I think I, I, I don't want to go and rehash the the um, we had we did a whole podcast episode on video game difficulty. So we did. I definitely recommend listening to that if you haven't. Absolutely. Um, but I think. That's a bit of a, a weird, unpopular opinion because I think games, there are games that are hard and are still uh, don't feel particularly cheap. Like,
1: name, name a few.
0: Well, like I'd argue that games like um, like I didn't feel I didn't feel like Sekiro was particularly cheap. I understand that people might say the same about uh, Dark Souls, but I've had I've had problem. I've you know found stuff like doom eternal on nightmare i found that was an extremely extremely fun experience i'd argue was even better the game gets more fun the higher the difficulty i crank up i i understand that there's a bad way of implementing difficulty but i do i think to just sort of have a blanket statement that hard games aren't actually hard they're just badly designed is maybe a bit of a weak statement well, 'Cause it's just so there's as, as arguments to say there's a lot of games that do difficulty quite well. Okay,
1: maybe, maybe Doom maybe do maternal, I'll let you have that one, right? But name another one. Give me another one, Mike. Well,
0: I I, I don't wanna I don't wanna start shooting out games I've not played because then it feels like you know, or oh, what you're saying, like I know people enjoy Cuphead. I don't know if that's Cuphead's not
1: hard. Cuphead's not hard. It's just people who don't know how to, that never played that genre before. Same with Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy wasn't hard. It was, it was, it was just that kind of genre. I'm talking about things like Dark Souls, Destiny on the hardest skill level, all those MMO RPGs that say, you do, you know, you need 50 people to all be at a certain level to get to a certain location to beat a certain boss, and you've, you know, you're there for six hours. That's not hard. That's just uncomfortable and necessary to try and get it done. All all of these top lists I've ever seen where people try and do a hard challenge, and then I've gone and seen someone do it, I very rarely and I can say this hand on heart, seen anybody use the game as it's intended to be played to actually get it done and instead finds an exploit to find a way around it. And that's... I
0: think, I think not to rehash stuff we said in our difficulty episode, but like a game a game is very much of a difficulty it's designed around and i think a lot of the time harder difficulties are just number tweaking and nothing more yeah oh this like i was surprised when i i've been playing the original doom recently and when i i went on played it on normal and then i played it on which is uh, hurt me plenty i think it's called and then when i played ultra violence i was shocked i was like what there's more enemies it still takes the same amount of shotgun rounds to kill to kill a pinky. What? This is mental. I was expecting like I'd have to fire like I don't know three rockets to kill an imp or something.
1: But that's that's hard done a... right though, isn't it? That's hard done right. But
0: hundred oh, uh, percent. But
1: yeah. that's not cons- really cons- until you get to nightmare where the enemies respawn.
0: Yeah.
1: That's when I'm talking about. You know, hard. You, no one plays nightmare mode on on the original Doom. Killing all the enemies, finding all of the um, the pickups, and then get to the end. Right? What they do is they run around the enemies to get and and, and avoid combat as much as possible because it's pointless because they respawn and they exploit that exploit the levels to be able to get to the end as quickly as possible to avoid having face death. That's what I'm saying. That's
0: well, Doom. Doom's difficulty was added as a joke by the developers. Exactly. So.
1: Exactly. So completing things on the hardest skill level doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something that's hard. You've found an exploit to get past something that the game developers themselves thought was impossible. That's you've, what I'm saying.
0: It's instead of taking you five minutes to beat a boss, you dodge the exact same moves, but it's just taking you ten minutes.
1: Exactly. Sometimes an hour. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. What else you got for us, Mike?
0: Okay. Um... I don't think we'll get much um, conflict with this one. Um, But I think that, especially when you're talking about mainstream stuff, modern games mostly are terrible now. And if they're not terrible, they're extremely bland and kind of repetitive and boring. Now, I'm coming from a... I used to be... I used to love your Far Cries and your Assassin's Creed. I, I used to play games like that all the time. But now I'm a changed man. Now I'm playing Donkey Kong Country. Like, seen the light. He's seen the light. i have grown as a person. And you know what? Everything that... Ubisoft are probably the worst offender for it. Everything they crap out is just so boring. So, like... It's almost like they put... They put words in an algorithm. Like, open world... Towers, collectibles, <laughs> crafting, and then they put it in the machine, and then an Assassin's Creed game came out, and a Far Cry game came out, and they, you know, or they, they, had like another shooter come out, and like it's just become this stupid trend now. Where I know you could argue that it's happened in the past, but it feels even worse now, where everyone's trying to trace a ch- chase a trend. Like you remember about three years ago, where every game had a battle royale mode. It was like uh, are we 76. out of that yet?
1: I think that's still I happening, isn't know. it?
0: It was like Call of Duty battle royale mode, um, Fallout seventy six battle royale mode. I wouldn't be surprised if Overwatch two ends up with a battle royale mode because everyone's just that's the thing that people everyone wants battle passes and big seasonal things, and I'm just sick to death of how just churned out everything feels and how corporate is. Like, you look at some of the indie games that are buried, you know, made by two people in a basement, and they're just so good. They're <laughs> incredible. They're amazing games, but it's just like, even, like, I, don't, I used to, you asked me three years ago, I would have said that Sony are like, in terms of the exclusives, they, they make some of the best stuff. And they make Sony make quality when they make a horizon game when they make a ghost of tsushima they make a good game a game that's well made a game that's it's it's a good game but i I i'm a man of extremes give me the best game ever made or the worst game ever made but if you give me a game that's just good and it just feels safe and it feels by the numbers i just won't forget it out after like 20 minutes of beating it. After I've beaten it, I'll just I'll put it on a shelf, I'll forget it ever existed, and then Sony will bring out another thing and I'll just play it. Uh, like, I'm, I can't even pretend like I'm excited for the new God of War, even though I enjoyed the first one. I just I feel like modern gaming's just kind of it's become mush. Like the only company that I'd argue that are still doing somewhat stuff of quality is Nintendo.
1: I've got no argument with you, to be honest with you. I, my, my biggest issues with PlayStation for the longest time is they put story ahead of gameplay and, and mechanics. And that, I don't think that's ever changed. That's their, They want to be, or they are, the Hollywood of the video game world. And some people won't play games unless they have a decent story.
0: Or well, you'd um, argue that when The Last of Us came out, Uncharted 4 started to be more like The Last of Us. Yeah. And God of War...
1: It started to become
0: more like
1: The Last of Us. That's it, because that's a trend thing. It's that is that trend that story driven mechanics that they do. And I think I think the reason that a lot of these old games don't go away is because their quality in gameplay shines through. Um I don't I don't believe that the reason Pac Man is still being played today and Tetris is still being played today is because of nostalgia. You know, those simply simple gameplay mechanics It's all you need. And we could pull this apart forever, and it might even be a future episode. I think it might be quite an interesting one to go through. But the more they start taking away that kind of board game experience that video games used to have, you know, instruction manuals, um, maps that used to come with it, all of that kind of stuff that you kind of had to know the rules before you picked up the controller... Or the game taught you itself, which is the unique thing that a gameplay has that a board game or any other kind of media doesn't have. And they yeah. started making it kind of like, a tu- you know, when they added tutorial levels because they needed to hold your hand throughout the whole experience, then yeah. everybody did that. And it's kind of like, no, the, you're, the reason games of the past on the Super Nintendo on the Mega Drive and stuff as, you know, last of the test of time is because you can play them now just as you played them back then and the game would be the same experience. Whereas you go back and you try and play any kind of modern experience. It's kind of like if the jump button... I hear people complain about games when the jump button isn't the same X or A like it is on every other controller. Like if they want to do something a bit different um that's that's how bland modern games have come we we have to expect them to play the same to look the same for the camera to be in the same place it's all cookie cutter isn't it
0: yeah it's kind of like that and it's like it's like um I, I i don't think all i think it's mainly the indie scene is like the only thing that's keeping games alive for me now like i think you mentioned i can't remember if it's on or off camera but you mentioned um the game sifu yeah now, I, I looked into that on your recommendation, and I'm, that looks incredible. Yeah. But that incredible game has five levels?
1: Well, old games used to have five levels, then, didn't they?
0: That's what I mean. This this is what I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying oh, to point out. Oh, I make. see what you mean. Okay. It had, had five levels. That's it. Right. And people were getting obsessed over it. Playing it over and over again. Talking about how fun it was, and how challenging it was, and how satisfied they felt when they beat it. That is a game with five levels. It wasn't built as a 60 hour experience to fill a mandate. Yeah. To, um, to help, you know, to help corporate. It wasn't filled with microtransactions in order to get a couple of extra pennies in. It was, it was a Or chock full of
1: trophies where you had to get your gamer score because you needed all those trophies in your platinum. So you need to play for at least 60 hours just to justify your purchase. Sorry, Mike. It,
0: it's funny that you think <laughs> I'm not going to try and platinum seafood. <laughs>
1: No, I, I mean, I, I do think there's, obviously there's exceptions to the rules, um, but there will be, I, I, I don't know what's going to come in the future, so I can't say this hand on heart, but I do feel myself retiring from the world of video games, not from video games as a whole, but sort of putting a flag in the ground and sort of saying, do you know what, I'm done. I don't want anything new, because I don't know, I don't like the way the games are going forward, and I don't see it changing and I would rather stick with the games that I've got and get to know them better, and rather than complain and being that guy saying, oh, games were better in my day, just literally enjoying the part of gaming I liked rather than asking for things to go back to how it was, because I think that's futile. There's clearly, games have never been more profitable than what they are right now. They've, They've never sold better than what they are right now. So this is what people want. People want things to be like, I don't know, a box set, I, th- I think that's what it feels like, don't you? It feels like yeah. when you buy a game franchise now, it feels like the next year's box set of a TV show that you're enjoying. Yeah?
0: I don't even know if it's that. It's more so like, it's. It, it would be like a box set in, but a better analogy would be like, it would be like a box set, but if people only cared about the latest season, they didn't even bother watching the ones before it. Just like, yeah,
1: yeah. I suppose you're every right. Every
0: game's kind of like every game now. Kind of feels like, even if it is a sequel, it kind of feels like it's just
1: the only one you need to play. On a, yeah. So
0: like you look at like Fire Cries and Assassin's Creed. Like they're barely connected for a reason, and that's because they don't want you to buy their old games. They want you to buy their new one on day one with a pre-order bonus. And
1: oh and god, you've just worked. It's like FIFA. Every game's becoming FIFA. Well, you don't have to play the old ones, and only the new one is the only ones worth playing.
0: It's, it's just... It's, oh. become, it's become like that, though, where, like, you don't... People don't... It's it's partly a part, fault of people who don't, don't uphold their legacy of games, but, like, there's people who will pick up Metroid Dread, for example, and they don't care about playing the ones that came before it. They're just like, oh, I've got Metroid Dread. Why would I need to play... Why would I need to play games like Super Metroid? Or why would I need to play... that is that mentality of... We can't... I can't play a game that's more than two years old because that's old and it's disgusting and why would I play it? It's just well, a bad take. Well,
1: that's always been that way, to be honest yeah. with you. That's that's one of the reasons that, that Super Nintendo died and when the 3D gaming came out and everybody went on to 3D. that That's... that's always been the case of this constantly chasing the new and forgetting what was old and what is actually still good and that's why yeah. things like 2D platformers went away for so long because that was considered old and and redundant compared to 3D platformers and you know so yeah there's this, there's an element of what you're saying but there's it's always been there the the issues that i have um where i understand why games are going this way because it's more financially um profitable is when i look at things like Uh, your Battle Royales, your Fortnites, um, your online multiplayer games. That's not why I got into gaming, to play those kind of experiences, but that's where the money is. Now, there will always be those cool 3D or 2D adventure games that harken back to to the the era that I enjoy, and that won't go away. But when I look at things like Zelda, and what I used to consider to be one of the greatest franchises of all time, I'd play Breath of the Wild and, and I, what they'll probably do with Breath of the Wild 2. If that's what Zelda's going to be now, I probably won't want to play it anymore... ...because it's not my Zelda game anymore. But what I'm saying to people is, is that that's fine. Because I know and understand that Zelda needs to evolve... ...and I've got my Zelda games and I need to get to know them better. Because I played them for a couple of times and then kept getting the sequels... ...but really when I go back and I want to experience those games again that will be more joyful for me than it will for me to try and keep or adjust to a trend that I don't enjoy. So I'll just keep the games I like and get to know them better. And that will be my time for it period from about 1980 to about 20, maybe 2030. um, That will be the games I enjoy. And then if it goes off onto these microtransaction online experiences and open world adventure games that I can't stand, then that's cool. I hope everyone else enjoys them.
0: We just have to keep our ears to the ground and try and dig for the um, dig for the gold underneath a pile of, you know, rubbish.
1: Dig for the gold in the old. I, I I've heard that yeah. before.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a quick fire round now, Mike. If you're ready for this. All right. Before we go on yeah, to your to the rest of yours, here's a few game yeah. game opinions I have. Just I, 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 there's others, but these are the ones I've just picked out for today. Um, before I okay. hand over to you to finish us off, um, I think Mario Brothers Two, the one we got in in uh, the West, was the better Mario Brothers Two, and I think it's actually a good idea that we got Doki Doki Panic reskinned than what we did. With uh, having another re uh, you know retread of hard levels on Mario Bros. 2, so stop calling it not Mario Brothers 2 because it is, and it was better. Uh, and you're wrong, and you need to grow up and and enjoy something different. Likewise, I thought Last of Us 2 was a much better game than Last of Us 1 from a gameplay perspective, from a character perspective, and from a level design perspective. So just because your favourite character got killed and you didn't like it and you threw your pra- your try you know your toys out of your pram. Get over yourself, because the game was much better anyway. As for Resident Evil 6, that wasn't as bad as what everyone said it was either. In fact, if you followed the series right from the beginning, there's some pretty interesting character developments in that game. Yeah, okay, there was a few too many quick time events, but it wasn't a bad time like everyone said. It wasn't scary, alright, if you're going to have that complaint. But... It doesn't necessarily need to be scary, I don't think Resident Evil 4 was scary, but that's considered one of the best games in the franchise. I don't think Resident Evil 6 as is up there, but it's not as bad as what you say, and if you go back and play it now, you probably won't have a bad time. So stop whinging about a game that you barely played or tried or gave a chance. On the other end of the spectrum though, I think Undertale is a stinking pile of crap, and I never enjoyed it, and I was so disappointed when I played that game. And if you want your adventure picture book, where you just do slight different differences in this game, which gives you very slight different text boxes and a different ending, then fine. You can have your gameplay um, and enjoy it the way you want. But as far as I'm concerned, that's a terrible game and it's not worth the time or the spit that I wasted on it. Bill out. You're you what,
0: you're, well, you're playing with fire going after the Undertale
1: fan base. Oh man, I can't stand that game. I was so disappointed. I still, to this day, don't understand it. And when everyone defends it, they go, oh, but you, if you go through and you just make slight changes to how you play, it changes everything. No, it doesn't. You've got to play so much of the same game over and over again just for slight little changes.
0: Oh, so boring. I, I, I liked it, but I, I feel like it's, it's, in, it's overblown by, like, a billion in terms of how amazing it is. Absolutely. And they treat it like
1: Shakespeare. And I just don't get it. I don't
0: know. I really don't. I mean, it, got, it, it's just... Got,
1: sorry, go on, Mike. That's
0: fine. I've got a few things that...
1: <laughs> Mike wants to move on because he's worried about the Undertale fan base coming yeah. after us.
0: <laughs> I, um, I've got a few things that I don't really have much to say about. So I'll just sort of fire them off. Go on then. Um, I think exclusives are only good for the video game industry. I think that it breeds competition, and I think that it's it means that everyone's trying to one up themselves, which means better games. So, I hang on are you
1: are you saying that that exclusives are a good thing or a bad thing?
0: I think they're I think they're good for the industry ultimately.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Um,
0: graphics don't matter ultimately. And art, strong art style is way more important than than good graphics or Frame rates or or resolution and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Which I think is fair. To to a certain degree. 3D is not automatically better than 2D. Just because you've added a second dimension doesn't mean that you've made a second... uh, You've added another dimension doesn't mean you've made a better game. Agreed. I'd argue that that certain franchises are way better in 2D than they are 3D. Um, The Last of Us and God of War, which I kind of briefly brought, I think... Are great stories, but their gameplay is kind of a bit slow and not very enjoyable. They're games I have no interest on replaying once I've played them once. Okay. And if I wanna, if I wanna, I'll watch a YouTube video on on the on a story recap or something for when I play the next game because I can't be bothered to do the slow walking that's um, involved in, in in playing those. That's
1: well, pretty much any um, Sony game, there. Let's face it.
0: It's too much. Too much walking.
1: Too much walking in Sony games. That's what the problem is. Too much story.
0: Yeah. If you're gonna have walkie-talkie bits in your games, that's fine, but treat them like skippable cutscenes, please. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, am I setting it up? Oh, can we stop? For the love of God, talking about how every game that's remotely difficult is Dark Souls. I'm sick of it. <laughs> every game is not Dark Souls. Can we start I- pretending like. Can we go? Oh, someone goes. Oh, Cuphead's hard. Oh, Cuphead's like Dark Souls. Oh, Crash Crash Crash! Um, insane trilogy is a little bit tricky, isn't it? Oh, it's like the Dark Souls of platforming. It's like the Dark Souls. Oh, it's like the Dark Souls of my roast dinner. It's like the Dark Souls of my flip flops. It's like the, Can we stop it? Not every. Can we Can we just bury in in the ground the fact that I have played so many games harder than Dark Souls? Like, are we going to start calling things the Ninja Gaiden of of action games or the Ninja Gaiden of dating sims or the Ninja Gaiden of...
1: Now, the reason the reason they didn't do that for the longest time, we didn't know if it was Gaiden or Gaiden, so that's why that never stuck, because people couldn't agree. But when Dark Souls came along, it's easier to say. But I don't think that's um, a, an unpopular opinion, to be honest with you, Mike, so you might be right with that one. <laughs> and
0: this, this one is probably one I'll elaborate on a little bit more. Um, stop, obviously, there are some exceptions... But stop trying to make video game movies slash TV shows. There's a reason why they're in a different format. Stop trying to force them into existence. Yeah, Sonic Movie 2 looks like it can be good, but for the most part, I don't care to see like a Mass Effect TV show or a Halo TV show. Or I don't wanna I don't wanna see an Uncharted movie or a Tomb Raider movie. They work best in their games. Keep them in their lane. Stop. I don't want to see Brie Larson in, like, a Metroid movie. No, it wouldn't work. You can't have games where you've got, like... Like, I don't want to see a Legend of Zelda film where you've got... Because either you have Link as a silent protagonist, and that doesn't work for a film, or you have him talk a bunch, and that doesn't work in that sense. So, either way, and there are are exceptions, but for the most part, stop trying to make every single game IP into a franchise, uh, whether that's TV...
1: Or whether that's movies. I I agree with you at the moment. Okay. But there was a time where they said the same thing about comic book movies. Right. Where if you look back at the old Spider-Man and the old Captain America and the old, you know, all those old movies that they made before the Marvel Cinematic Universe came along, people yeah. were saying the same thing. Stop making comic books into movies. It won't work. It won't happen. And then, you know, fast forward when someone had the right vision and the technology and the money was there, we then got the cinematic universe. And I don't think anyone can argue that that wasn't blockbuster at the at the box office. So I do think there is legs for video game movies to happen. It's just at the moment, no one's had the right vision and they keep trying to make a video game a movie when I think there's something else there that needs to be added to the mix to make it work, I don't know what that thing is.
0: One but... of the biggest, one of the biggest problems is that it, 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 there's many, many issues of how video game movies are constructed. But one of the issues is, like for example, there's Bioshock movie announced by Netflix. Now, if they, if they did a something that was kind of like a prequel. That shown like the general like fall of Rapture and how it became, what it became. There you go. That could potentially work, but if they decided to just do an, a direct adaptation of the first game, then I don't think that would work. Well, like, look at the the latest Resident Evil film, that tried to be faithful to the games and it ended up not working. I think one of the problems is, is I know you you mentioned comic books, but the difference between comic books and how games are is games have that interactivity and translating that into a movie is not an easy thing to do whereas a comic book you could adapt a comic book into a graphic novel and you can a you can adapt a graphic novel into a book you can adapt a book into a film i think games because they have that interactive element it's harder to do like I, They've obviously tried twice to make a Doom film, but I, I think that wouldn't work as a film. I think the Halo. Well, that must be so
1: be easy, easy, right? Surely it would be really easy to make a Doom film. It, it's How? just, it's not, it's not hard. It's just they, they, they keep shying away from the subject material. They can't say hell, and they're not allowed to say demons. They've got to say monsters and stuff. It's, I mean, that's a layup. If you, if you can make aliens, you can make a Doom movie. It's,
0: it's, it's the whole... Yeah, but what would they do with Doomguy? Do they just not have him? Or do they have him in it, but he talks? Well,
1: like, How d- would you do that? Yeah, you, if you made, think of d- Judge Dredd, right? Judge, right? The Judge Dredd movie. The first one, anyone... If, as soon as you say Judge Dredd, even now, people go straight to the Sylvester Stallone one that they did in the late 90s.
0: Yeah.
1: Even though that's a weak movie of that that subject material no one ever talks of the new one they did i can't even remember what the actors who did it but it, it maybe he yeah. never he it, because the the in the comics judge Dredd has never taken his helmet off as far as i'm aware right. in in the movie they did the same and they treated the character like judge Dredd. and that is the best judge dread movie we've ever had because they were closer to the subject material I'm not saying you're gonna have a, a silent protagonist in in Doom Guy that walks around and just shoots everything, but it might work rather than having all these scientists running around and trying to, you know, keep people stuck in some sort of sci-fi mumbo jumbo cyber wall and coming up with portals and all that kind of stuff. There's a few layups have, in there.
0: They also have the bad trope of let's let's add Guy into the film. Yeah, let's have Guy. Because these other characters are too wacky to have as the main character, so here our brand new our brand new character just for this movie guy, he is he is has white skin, he has brown hair, he is a, of average build, and he um, he works in like an office or something. What's that?
1: Uh, well, you gotta have the human element, and you gotta to relate to somebody. You know, it, 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 the whole point of video games is to get away from from the average person you relate to and fill the role of someone you could never be. I think didn't they,
0: didn't they do that with I haven't seen it, didn't they do that with the latest Mortal Kombat movie? They just sort of had a character no. that was just sort of there to...
1: more, well they did, but more, Mortal Kombat the, the the new movie is so campy that you can't have super violence and then and, and then start talking about superpowers, you know? They they went to a temple to discover their superpower and Kano suddenly realised in a fit of anger that he could shoot a laser beam from his eyeball and got surprised. I mean, that's so stupid. It's <laughs> it's just it doesn't it doesn't like what's my superpower? Oh, I could shoot lasers from my eyes. There is just no way you can take that seriously. Um, so that no, you know, get Mortal Kombat's always been a bit sort of you know geeky and campy from time then, to time. But
0: adapting adapting a fighting game into a story, I think is is almost an impossible task because. The the storyline in fighting games are always quite condensed.
1: Yeah, and and there's not normally enough to carry a whole script. All they the, the, the fighting games are generally considered. You choose your character, and that's that character story. Yeah. When you try and tie them all together, they it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's never designed to be it, that it's way.
0: Not so bad in something like Injustice, like the Injustice games, but then like but that's coming from a
1: comic book to originally, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I so think I book. think just as this little as we finish off this little sidetrack though I think if I had to have a good example of where video game movies might go I think the best video game movie that isn't from a video game but based on something similar is free guy um well. which is they, they, it's, it's, it's based on a what a video game could be, but it's, ne- it was never from a franchise or something from video games. But it's the best video game movie I've ever seen. It's funny, it's entertaining, it's got loads of action in it, um, and I think that's really good. And if they could, I don't know, do something with that, then maybe we'll get those th- that thing. But again, this is about unpopular opinions. I don't think you're going to get many people argue with you on that one, Mike. I think most people think video game movies are garbage and should go away. So.
0: I think well, you're just safe on that one too. i I'm not really excited for
1: anything else. No, no, that's right. So let's start on the Undertale universe again. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll leave those around. I'll leave that for another time. I'll let you have your pick your own adventure game, and you can leave that alone. I won't touch you on that one. Uh, I'll yeah. play my real games uh, while you play with your storybook. Um, have you got anything else for us, Mike?
0: Um, I. I'd, well I'd, I wasn't going to but then you brought up undertale and it, it got me um a, a go on Mike up. let him have it
1: double barrel go on
0: <laughs> I don't I don't this is kind of related to games but kind of not I don't care for like most video game let's players and I think like I don't understand why they're so popular, and I don't understand how seeing someone with different coloured hair screaming from the top of their lungs is more fun than playing the game itself. Like, why don't you just play the horror game instead of watching someone, literally, they'll stand on, like, a stone, and they'll be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm like, oh my god, go shut up, (laughs) shut up, stop talking, stop overacting, like, every little thing that's happened in that game is, like, the scariest thing because you got to pay it up for your audience. Like, just shut up. I don't care. How have you got like 20 million subscribers just go, oh my god, oh my god, playing bloody um, Five Nights at Freddy's whilst there's people who actually put in effort to their videos who've got like, like, 300 subscribers. I
1: feel there's a little bit of salt in there, Mike. Considering, considering, uh, there's a certain person I know that's been playing Chrono Trigger and giving each of those characters voices online recently in a Let's Play.
0: Well, that's different. How is it different? <laughs> <laughs> it's just less so the the act of of. <laughs> Let's playing or streaming a game, and more so the, the fakeness, of their attitudes, like the, playing it up like everything's oh, like mind blowing, or like, or like just, the the weirdness of it, like everyone is like crying at Undertale, going, oh my god, it's so emotional, and then they like turn the camera off and they and they come back on and they just got tears rolling down their eyes and they're like, oh, oh guys, I just this really moved me.
1: I, okay, I, I understand what you mean. It's the overdramatic uh, nature of it where people... uh, There's there's this kind of connection that you have when you play a game and you find someone else has a similar or more advanced emotion than you did. You feel accepted. <clears throat> but I, I don't think that's the kind of people that you're after. I don't think you're looking for people who... who you're talking about people who play games legitimately or just experience them or share their favourite games with other people. I think you're talking about people who put on an act... Don't know yeah, and...
0: well, like I've seen people who have who will play a game go, oh, I really enjoy this game and then they'll stop playing it just because they're not getting the views that they wanted to get and I think, well if you're like if you in really enjoyed what you do, wouldn't you just like you already got like so many million subs. If you really enjoyed what you're doing, won't you just carry on playing the game? Yeah. And sod it to anyone who says otherwise.
1: There's a certain falseness to it, isn't it, or or manufactured uh, response to it that kind of makes people do what they do. And if that's your business, that's your livelihood, then I completely understand it. If I had 20 million people watching everything I did, only to get one that gave me a thousand views, I probably wouldn't do that either, to be honest with you. I'd probably leave that alone. But I think what you're referring to is maybe all of those people that just take it to 11, when no one in their right mind would go above an eight. Um, and and yeah I find it very, they, they, I can see why people do like those um, yeah. but for me it's I I feel like I'm being mocked I think and my intelligence is being insulted and that might be fine for if someone wants to just disconnect and, and enjoy what they have and not think yeah. about it too much fine that's cool that, I'm, you know whatever makes you happy makes you happy but when I enjoy games as much as I do if someone is over egging it it's like having a very loud person in a room with you when you're trying to have an adult conversation. Um, messing about sometimes is fun, you know? But when you're trying to just sort of have a an in-depth conversation about something you really enjoy and someone keeps going, Oh, explosion! Then that will take you out of that experience, you know? I, mean, yeah. I, I, I don't play a lot of tabletop board games or no. like Warhammer or that kind of stuff. But I can imagine if you were trying to play and enjoy that game and every five minutes someone's making sound effects to a dice-rolling figure game, it's going to be a bit distracting and a bit off-putting, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like like the, right, guys, guess what? Hit the like button. We're we're, we're playing Minecraft Gone Sexual Edition.
1: (laughs) I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you're watching on YouTube, but it's not what I'm watching.
0: (laughs) I've noticed that ninety percent of you haven't hit the subscribe button, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Oh we've got a giveaway where I'm giving away. It's like, oh wow and it's like the title has nothing to do with the, the, it's just oh I hate it. <laughs> the, I, don't I don't like don't make asking this rant about YouTube but... <laughs> <laughs> As someone who slaves hours away making content on YouTube that they're really proud of, God, it makes me mad. Your,
1: your stuff is really good. I'm, I think you should be proud of everything you make. Um, and I think out of a lot of stuff that I see on online, um, your, your stuff I would rank very highly with a lot of other people that I would enjoy as well. Um, however... I I had this promise when I started making YouTube content that I wouldn't be that person that would ask someone to subscribe to my channel or right. tell them to like not because I, 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 I there's clearly a reason that people do it because it must be good for the algorithm or it must be good because there's certain people out there that need to be told to do those things
0: yeah
1: but for me I just feel that I hate being told to do it because as soon as I gone on YouTube it's already second nature to me yeah. So if I like something I'm going to like it. If I if I want to see more I'll subscribe. I don't need to be told. And I kind of want the same people or I want to treat people rather, sorry, the same way as I'd like to be treated. And although that might be there might be hundreds of millions of different stats and statistics to say that's the wrong way to do it and if you look at my subscriptions and and likes and and interaction You're probably right. I'm doing it the wrong way, but it's still not not alter the principle of the matter. That I would appreciate the people who I watch content not asking me to do that because I do it automatically. Then they're being reminded.
0: Gravitate towards creators that don't compromise. Like I like I like the kind of creators that like you've got. I I know I I talked to someone who was like one of the biggest Final Fantasy YouTubers that just just quit because they were just so burnt out from just talking about final fantasy on every video that they did and they just ended up quitting and i don't understand it's almost like i I understand your viewers are there but if you're not enjoying doing it just stop there's a i've i've had like i've more or less had to scrap one of my biggest video projects i've ever worked on because i got to the point where the i worked on it so long and put so many hours into getting all the gameplay footage you know, writing scripts and stuff I kind of went full circle Where I was just like I don't really want to do this anymore So I just yeah. sort of went Shelved it and now I'm working on something else And I think that's I just don't understand why these people Just obviously it's money no doubt But it's almost like you watch These people doing videos on games And it's almost like you can tell They don't enjoy it As much as they sort of letting on
1: well, maybe, or, or, or I think it's more of a connection. I, I will subscribe or like something if I have a connection with the person who's playing it. Some of my biggest... Yeah. Um, one of my favourite uh, YouTubers that I pretty much watch all of his stuff is Maximilian Dude because he's very much into his fighting games. I, I relate to him. It, it, the stuff, the stories he tells is very similar to the upbringing I had. Right. But then I, I used to really enjoy Gerard Khalil, the completionist. Yeah. but Because he's been chasing the algorithm he's left me behind because Mm. where the algorithms taken him is not what I always subscribed to his channel in the first place. Um, But I don't, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. It's just the nature of the beast and us trying to find this, this, um, you know, people want to make a living on YouTube. They have to go with the, what the trends are. Um, mm. But likewise, I don't, I don't have to like being t- It's like going to McDonald's and constantly asking, "Do you want to yeah. go supersize? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want side with that?" And it's kind of like, "No, I'm an adult. I should know what I want, and I don't need you to tell me." You know. Well,
0: it's like it's like one of the YouTube channels that's going to uh, the OLL Twenty Two Gaming Convention in April. Um, Kedikaris uh, he sort of started pumping out like basically stuff just to feed the algorithm. And not only did he um not only did he not enjoy doing it and he burnt himself out trying to do three videos a week, but he also was like losing his fans, like by the droves. Yeah. So he kinda of got to the point where he gave up and he just sort of went, You know what? I'm going all or nothing. I'm gonna make a video I wanna make and if it doesn't work, I quit. So what he did was he made a stupidly long video on something absolutely ridiculous and he's and he just blew up and ever since he's just been doing similar sort of stuff and you can tell that he enjoys what he's doing yeah, so likewise, I,
1: I mean, I, all the videos I make I really enjoy. They're highlights yeah. of what I've done on live streams or conversation pieces I want to talk about, but none of them have really blown up. Or, or you know, I, mean, I had a, a bit of a spurt of my Mario Kart video because there's more Mario Kart DLC coming out, and I spent I s- <laughs> made that video a year ago talking about possible Mario Kart DLC, so that's why that's happened. And I don't think I'll ever be that big YouTuber because of the f- the content I make. Um, I don't
0: think I'll ever in my lifetime surpass, like, 100,000 subscribers if I ever even got that far.
1: No, but, you know, that's that's by the way. I think we got off to- topic a bit here, Mike. I yeah, think we need to rail yeah. it back in a bit. Um, have you got anything else on your list?
0: I've pretty much burnt through the whole list, to be fair. Yeah. Um, is there anything you've got left to say on, on the topic? Anything just
1: Just to anything? say this, really, this episode, if you've stayed with us this long, then you're clearly a fan of the pop culture pause cast. And I don't need to tell you this, but this kind of episode can sometimes rub people up the wrong way. And we did it for a bit of fun. There's a lot of opinions in here that I know are nonsensical, if you take them out of context, and we've done our best to try and explain why we said them or why we think these ways. And then there's other things like Undertale, which I truly believe is a steaming pile. But that, that's a, that's what I'm trying to say to you people out there who have stayed with us till the end is that this was done on purpose just to have a bit of a laugh, to strike up a bit of a conversation. And if we've offended you in any way, we know we haven't offended you because you stuck with us. But go and tell those other people that stopped listening because they couldn't take it um, and just say, look, we just ha- it's just an episode. It's just a talking point. You know what I'm saying? So your opinion doesn't matter just as much as ours doesn't matter. We're just all gamers and having a good time, isn't
0: that right, Mike? Yeah, just go, just go cry with your Pikachu plushie. <laughs> you like no go get, I,
1: go get your, um, go get your uh, Uncharted body pillow and give it a hug.
0: <laughs> I, I, no, I think we, we all have opinions, and we know that when someone else says something that we don't like, we get that fire in us, we get that rage, we get that. How dare you not think how I think? We all get it. Uh, it's, it's hard not to not have those sort of feelings. But if you know that they... if Like, if you enjoy a game, guess what? You win. Exactly. I, I, I play that game, and I want to die. Whereas you play it, and you're happy. You've got a nice smile on your face. You're enjoying yourself. Good for you. That makes you a better person than me, because you're actually having fun. That's right. Probably- and... While Mike is
1: trying to get that platinum trophy, you've had a good time. So just remember yeah. Mike's torturing himself.
0: If, if you hadn't noticed, most of my opinions are negative. And <laughs> if you disagree with all of them, that means you're probably a happier person than I am. That's it. So can, I'm just getting offended. <laughs> and
1: here's Mike on a gaming podcast, and he hates games. You've just heard it all here today. <laughs> But no, I mean, it, 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 I, we don't need to tell you that, you know that anyway, but um, I, I think I think sometimes you need to, we're getting so big, this podcast is so massive, the viewership is off the scales, it was just getting a bit too much, so we needed a cleanse, a bit like we do on Facebook, you just go through, I don't talk to these people anymore, I don't share their opinions, let's go and annoy them so they'll unfriend me. It was very much that kind of process, and I'm glad you stayed around to listen.
0: I'm glad that we've weeded out the Pokemon and Undertale fans, and we've just got <laughs> we've just got the people who like Donkey Kong. So we'll
1: yeah, the the Mario and Sonic fans are just holding on with their fingertips. We might lose them in a couple of more weeks, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might we need to ease off a little bit. I kind of like those fans, Mike. Can you can you be nicer to them?
0: I mean, you've seen my video content. I'm not nice to Mario and them either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. but no I think um, I think we've covered everything we need to on this, this episode so uh, thank you so much for listening and ju- joining us on this journey here on Pop Culture PauseCast as we go through some unpopular gaming opinions there's loads I'm sure we didn't cover um, these are just ones we picked off the top of our head but um, as for now I think it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Mike because why Mike?
0: So we got to go play some games. we got to go play
1: some games. That's right. <laughs> we'll go see you or you can hear us next week. Take care.